Hello, everybody. Just want to let you know before we started the episode today that today, Saturday, March 10th, 2018, in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, at the Western Mall, that's 2101 West 41st Street, there is Super Day Con is going on. It's a free will donation to get in. They're going to have cosplay, comics, comedy, and gaming. Make sure to stop by. It's a family-friendly event, and there's also an after-dark event with comedy. Uh, Elliot Rawl is going to be there with Vault Comics. There's going to be a super cosplay contest, a comedy hour, board game demos from Sioux Falls Game Chest. It's going to be a fantastic time. Once again, the uh, free gaming is from 11 to 5, but the event is 11 to 9 p.m. Make sure to go to supercon.com for more information and stop by the Western Mall on March 10th, 2018. That is 2101 West 41st Street. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Wednesday Comics. Brought to you by RootsOfTheSwampThing.com and Supercon 2018 Return of the Con. Keep turning those pages. Welcome to Wednesday Comics. To my right, we have Hawkeye himself. Alex, how you doing? Hello, everyone. And to my left, the other Hawkeye, Garrett, how you doing? The other Hawkeye, just Hawkeye. I'm Garrett. I'm good. And I am Bomb Pop Marvin. How you doing, everybody? Bomb Pop Marvin. You're Bomb the Pop. last popsicle in the freezer. That's what you are. You're like Bomb Pops. I like Bomb Pops, but you know what's better than the Bomb Pops? Those Flintstone, Flintstone Push Pops. Yeah. Oh, those are fucking way better than Bomb Pops. Bomb the Pops was like, thing, oh, I guess this is left. I'll have one. The only thing about those Flintstone ones, they melt easily. Yeah. And so then they're you, meant to be eaten right away. But like a Bomb Pop, when it's melting, you can still eat it. The Flintstones, then you're fucked. Like the thing doesn't work. Well, you're the dummy who let it get warm in the first place. So that's your fault. Uh, speaking of Bomb Pop, Captain America, and speaking of those Hawkeyes, uh, not really Hawkeye won't come up in this uh, conversation, but let's go to Captain America. Recently, Marvel Fresh Start uh, announced the list of titles. Uh, a lot of these came without artists, which, you know, my thoughts of that look, it look back to prior shows. But uh, they did release a handful, I would say, of books that are coming out. Not every single one, but at least for uh, May, right? May yep, or June. May is when... When Marvel comes out, gets they're still calling it Marvel Fresh Start. So I don't know if it has a name. It probably won't just be Marvel. Like if they were smart, they'd just be they'll quit branding Marvel the ref- X. The but anyway, here we go. Here we go. let's see if we're interested in any of these. We're gonna go take it a positive spin, right? It's not gonna be. Uh, let's let's say if we're interested or not. I know we are really buying into the system. We've been talking about. Hey, quit relaunching. And then we, we're going to get excited for number ones here. I know we're buying into that. But let's just say for a second, we're not jaded. And let's get into it. Uh, Sentry number one. I go, well, I'm already jaded. I know you guys really don't know Sentry, but Sentry is a guy who I've grown to hate. Um, <laughs> we have Jeff Lemire and uh, Kim uh, Giacino. Yeah, it's going to tell the Sentry is a fascinating character. Absolutely love the original Sentry series by Paul Jenkins and Jay Lee. When it first came out, so I jumped at the chance to write the character Jeff Lemire told... Uh, comicbook.com. 
Okay. Uh, dumb question. Yes. How is he on DC and Marvel's payroll? He's not exclusive. He's not. Exclusive. He's not? Okay. No, he's not to anyone. He's okay. just a free agent, they okay. call it. Uh, freelancer. Got Likes it. having a lady on each arm. And he's doing his own image book. He's doing whatever he wants there these days. There's no better position to be in than Jeff Lemire. Um, so the century, uh, history on the century, like a quick history of how he became to be. Uh Marvel was like, hey, guys, we found something in Stan Lee's desk. He never released his character as a character he created from the beginning, and it was never released, and uh, here we're finally going to release him now. And Sentry was born. He's basically a Superman, except he has this evil in him called the Void, and he turns evil every once in a while. When he was in the Dark Avengers, the Void was in charge, and sometimes he's in charge, Bob. So uh, Then they one time somebody asked him at a convention, Hey, uh, how does it feel like that your character's finally coming to light? And Stan Lee said, I don't know what you're talking about. So <laughs> Marvel you kind of threw the uh, man behind the curtain showing that they just made this character. And we're like, hey, it's Stan Lee to try to trick people. However, um, he's involved in a lot of good stuff, Sentry, in Dark Avengers. I thought he was fine. He was the only just th- in Doctor Strange. The only thing for a while, he was in Doctor Strange. The only thing for a while was that he was a character that... A, he was always, always crying and brooding. Like he was constantly crying. And he, uh, actual tears. And he uh, was always like the way they got out of stuff. Because the void, the void's so strong. The void would come out and like stop everything. And that he was always like the deus ex machina. Like being like, oh, I can fix this. So for a while, he was kind of like, there. if a writer can figure out how to get into anything, they'd be like, oh, well, Sentry comes, shows up and takes care of it. So now we have Jeff Lemire. I know last year was the year of Jeff Lemire. He's going to be writing this character this year. That is enough for me to be like, hmm, maybe. But then again, the character is enough for me to go, maybe not. So what do you guys think? Not knowing the character. Yeah. Like character wise, I would say I don't really give a shit. But like, Which is weird since Superman is your favorite. There is only one. I don't care about the Marvel doppelganger. That's not my prerogative. Isn't Hyperion a doppelganger? He too? is another one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, I love Jeff Lemire. Like, I think he's a great writer. But I think, like, he's at the point where he's doing so many books that not so that he's going to bring out a bad book, but so, like, you know, I I believe he's a great writer. But I'd rather, if I don't, like, I'm not really invested in the plot or who the character is. I'd rather just wait on that one. And that could be another Thanos, like, you know, you guys are telling me. But it's, you know, I don't know that until the first issue comes out. And, like... I'm not interested in Sentry as a character. I saw him in Doctor Strange. I was like, oh, interesting. Yeah. But, like, again, they weren't trying to, like, bring in a new fan for Sentry. They thought you knew who he was. So, I mean, for me, I think it's cool that he gets to write that character, but I'm not really looking into it. I'm not going to get it. I Right, as of right now. I think for me it's a I'm going to give it at least the first issue. I don't know a lot about Sentry. I haven't read the uh, Bendis New Avengers. I haven't read. Um, he's in Dark Avengers, right? Yeah, he was. Yeah. So I, and I have that just haven't read either of those books, uh, but I like Jeff Lemire enough that I'm willing to at least give first issue a chance. I want to say he also shows up in New Avengers, but I'm not 100 percent on that. He yeah. showed up in a lot of books for a while. Right. So. I'm trying to stop doing the like blanket, like just because a writer that I love is on it. I'm going to get it. That's what I mean. Like, like this is Jeff Lemire. I should be like, hey, I want to get that. But also right. it's like I don't enjoy that character. So maybe sometimes the writer's not enough. Right. 
it needs to be a cohesive storytelling that they're like, it seems more like that Jeff Mirror just got this on his lap. Well, yeah. Well, he says the re- you know, he's someone, he says some more about Sentry. The Sentry has a lot of emotional depth and a lot for me to dig in in terms of psychology of the character. He's immensely powerful and has the potential to be one of the greatest and most important heroes in the Marvel Universe, but he is constantly undermined by his own dark side and his own self doubt, which is true. But how's that different from Moon Knight? But, well, he's so powerful. That's the only thing is that there is a lot there, yes. But I I just I can't see how that's interesting at all. And maybe it'll come out be one of the best books of the year, and I'll hear about it and want to get it. But um, I wish the best, Jeff Lemire. He should do good. I mean, let's hope it's good. But uh, Century, a second book they announced, Immortal Hulk number one. This is Al Ewing and Joe Bennett. You'll never notice the man. You'd never notice the man. He doesn't like to be noticed. He's calm, quiet, never complains. While you can walk up and shoot him in the head, and all he'll do is die. Until night falls and someone else gets up again. The name is Banner. The horror is Immortal Hulk. So it's going to be, they said, kind of like a horror book. Um, it comes out June 6th. They have release dates for these? What's the first one? Oh, just June. And this one actually says June 6th. Uh, they said they're going to go back and kind of make it like a horror book, kind of like Frankenstein-ish, you know, the man, the monster. And um, the cover looks sweet. It looks like an old school, like kind of Universal Studios uh, monster movie. Um, looks cover. like that season one cover. Yeah, it does look like that. Al Ewing, I, he's been doing good work. Yeah. This might be one I try. Like, I do like Al Ewing. And when the Hulk is good, the Hulk's good. And what about that Bruce Banner Hulk? I mean, Bruce Banner's coming back. Bruce Banner returned to form. Bruce Banner isn't already back. It is. He's coming. Yeah. He's coming back, and I know Surrender of yeah. Ender's storyline. Like um, but then it's like going to be like a horror book. Like if it sticks to that, that'd it, be like Marvel's only horror book. If it was actually yeah. a horror book, yeah. yes, I would get it. My concern is I, I'm, I'm not a huge, huge Hulk fan, but I haven't read enough Hulk to be enticed. What powerful there is? The uh, you know what the weird thing? You think I like the Hulk? Uh, I got rage issues. I get. I do turn kind of green. And you're uh, a giant nerd when you're not mad. Yeah, of course. So I, 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 I kind of want to get it, but I'm also like, I don't, I don't know if I'm invested enough. I've been burned by like that uh, indestructible Hulk, and that was good. No, I didn't care for that. You know, I think when they got Amadeus Cho in there, like that was not the right direction. Like I, as soon as I started reading that, I was like, okay, Hulk's laughing. I'm out. Like I love this kind of Hulk. Bring it to me, baby. Yeah. I'm in. So what I mean, it kind of seems like they're returning back to the Doctor uh, Hyde, Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde kind mm-hmm. of thing, where he doesn't like being the other guy, which is supposed to be like the crux of that character is they hate each other, but they can't live without each other. Like they're stuck together. And when Bruce really needs the Hulk, he really needs the Hulk. And but the Hulk he can't be the Hulk all the time, right? Like he needs Banner too. He needs that balance. And so if they actually do go back to like that kind of how the story's supposed to be, then I think I'm in. But and bring back like Thunderbolt Ross, like bring back all these people that deserve to be in the Hulk book. There's a lot like that right there, especially even like that's synopsis or not synopsis, but the part of the solicit is just quickly they just wrote that and it was like, here's what the book's about. Not really, it was kind of just a, a line, but I don't know. That's like seems like it's Simple enough to be like, hey, guys, we're not trying to make this too complicated. We're just trying to bring this back to how it should be. So, Dumb question. In a subscription, does it have to be an honest subscription or can or um, solicitation? Or can they just be telling you, oh, we're going to make it a horror book? It has nothing to do with anything. It's just They can literally tell you someone dies and it's like a bug. It's all marketing. So yeah. I don't know. 
They could change it when it comes it's out. It's like a health claim on a cereal box. It's going to be Amadeus Cho. Just lying to you. Tony <laughs> Banner's coming back. I don't think if it's Amadeus Cho, I don't think I'm going to add that to a comic book looks uh, burn pile. Yep. Uh, no, the Lazarus. The Lazarus pit. Whatever the Lazarus pit. Uh, Deadpool number one. This is Scotty Young and Nick Klein. Also comes out June 6, um, 2018. Visually, besides the over-the-top, if at all, business, I like Deadpool. Specific things. Klein added, experimenting with pacing, specific camera shots, angles to get comedic effect are also fun things that I hope to do. We're just having fun doing it, and I think it shows off and will rub off in the readers. So that's Scotty Young of I Hate Fairyland um, fame. Also, Scotty Young of formerly of what, Wizard of Oz? What else has he done? He did that uh, X versus um, Avengers kid one. Yes, Mm -hmm. and he's done tons of variant covers, but he's going to be writing the book, and Nick Klein will be doing the art. Uh, what do you think, Alex? You, Deadpool is one of your guys who you read a lot of and kind of fell off in the last couple of years. Scotty Young is a guy who you like on I Hate Fairyland. I think I'd be willing to give this one a, a chance, at least the first issue. I thought Scotty Young was doing the art as well, but I know he's going to be a busy guy doing his own I Hate Fairyland and writing this. I'm willing to give it a try. I want to give it a try, too, because like... Tom Taylor saved Deadpool for me when he was an all-new Wolverine recently. Like I, lo- I like read it. I was like... Holy crap, I haven't realized how much I missed Deadpool. And then you said literally like right after I finished that comic that Scotty Young's writing it. And like when I see Scotty Young like do those variant covers and there's like a one little line in like a bubble and I like look at it and I like dying laughing. I'm like, okay, this guy fucking gets comedy. 100%. Yeah, that's a good choice. If any choice, like they could have picked Scotty Young's the guy. Yeah. Yeah. So if if there's anybody to bring that character. Not that I actually did like a lot Jerry Dugan's run. It just felt like it got went too long. Yeah, um, fighting saber tooth. Well, I, I think that's the big characters. thing is that that first, um, what twenty nine issues that Dugan did, or is it Duggan or Dugan? Dugan. Dugan had done. It was great. Him and Posein when they were together, it was great. And yeah. Posein jumped off after a while, and I feel like the combination of those two were making great comics. Yep. So uh, we'll see. Uh, Tony Stark, Iron Man number one. That's what it's called, not just Iron Man. Tony Stark. So that way you guys know. Uh, creative team with Dan Slott. Valero Shidi. This is June 20th. As a futurist, Tony Stark thought he had all the answers, but since coming back from the dead, he now sees the Marvel Universe in a whole new light. Um, There was... I'll have to find it. He uh, pitched this book. Actually, uh, Dan Slott. This is actually from C.B. Sobleski saying all this stuff, but Dan Slott it was said it was a combination of two different kind of movies to expect. I'm gonna look that up right now. Garrett, what do you think? Tony Stark, Iron Man's guy. You've been you've been reading Iron Man for a little bit here. Right? Yeah. I so as we've seen with Spider Man, like literally Dan Slott owned that character for how many odd years? Since issue seven hundred or I mean, I know he was on that creative team group and he took over when everyone else was kind of dropping off. Um this is one that, you know, Valero Sheedy, like that art, is pretty good. So I'm I'm tempted to get it, but like you know I think I'm gonna be like Alex like I'll jump on Amazing Spider Man and then three issues in I get a crossover and I'm like, you know, I feel like it's a little too late you know to be on the oh let's fix Iron Man bandwagon like yeah. now I'm gonna get like Iron Man Armor Wars two three four and five and Whiplash will come back and it'll just be all these things and then. Obviously, Anna Marie Marconi is going to get her own Iron Man suit and like things like that. And <laughs> yeah. like, I don't know. Like, I just, like, I think Dan Slott can write, but I think he's just so burnt out. Like, if, if he took like a year off because he just did like how many issues of Spider Man in the last like 10 years, yeah. 
then I'd be like, okay, he's coming back. He's fresh. Like, he's going to have some good stories to tell. But, again, it just seems like, oh, no one's writing Iron Man? Well, people want me done with Spider-Man. Hey, I'll take the guy that's most popular in the movies. I'll do that. I'll do Iron Man. Yeah. But, like, I would, I want to see what Dan Slott, like, why he wants to. And that might get me to do it. But, God, I don't feel like he's going to have a good answer. But it's just like. Well, I had to pick another A-list character that I can fuck with, so Iron Man seems like the next great choice. Now, I had heard that, and I think, I don't know if your brother ever read that Silver Surfer, but Marvin has said that Silver Surfer run by him was pretty good. Yeah. That I I won't get Iron Man. I don't care enough about the character to right. get him, but I think just knowing that Dan Slott is actually willing to take a new character on interests me a little bit. But is Iron Man too big to just be his own book? That's the, that's what gets me. I th- I think it's crossover bait. Just oh, oh yeah, a dance I, I think book. you're gonna get two issues in, and it's gonna get brought into uh, X Men versus Inhumans versus Avengers versus Thanos and War, Civil War III. Civil War eighteen. Yeah, right. I found it. Uh, by the way, uh, they said that the Iron Man Tony Stark that you know, if you liked him from Jonathan Hickman's version, this is not gonna be that guy. He's gonna go back to being a fun, funny guy. Uh, I don't think Dan's like it's no care. Um, you're going to see a superhero comic that's somewhere in between between Rick and Morty and Black Mirror. Now they said Black Mirror, yes, I'm in, but Rick and Morty is like a very silly kind satire. of uh, satire kind of uh, show, and it's very goofy. And they have a cover. Um, yeah, I don't know. The cover looks really good. The art, the art looks fine. I just don't know if that take on Iron Man. I really want to. Uh, Oh, it does look good. Really though. want to read? Like I looks like a movie poster. I don't know. I like Dan Slott. He was good on. Uh, he was good on uh, uh, Silver Surfer, um, but Iron Man. I mean, uh, Spider Man. I'd really didn't. That's what I was just saying. Is like he's too big to keep containing his own book. Like I don't think Dan Slott can help himself. He'll be like Iron Verse. Um, Red Iron Man. Oh, he's already red. Uh, green Iron Man. Like, we'll get him goblin juice. Like, it's just, yeah. no, I just can't do it. He won't just let him be Tony Stark. He's got to right. screw with them. Yeah. And again, I'll do what Marvin does. If he hears great things about it, or if I do, I'm going to be like, maybe I'll check it out. That's but, probably the one I'm least excited for. Yeah. Same, that's, that's when I saw that. I was like, no, there's not even something in my head. Like, I'd rather read like, Century over It that. seems like my my wallet is going to get lighter. And Dan Slott is, a, is a, a, a writer that I have honestly lost a little respect for. And a lot of it is just being burnt from Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. And so I have no interest in getting this book. I mean, you got to pull a Bendis and do something that's going to actually further your, and grow your career as opposed to just like keeping the status quo. Uh, this book, the next one, I'm not really sure what to think of. The Life of Captain Marvel, number one, is what it's called. Marker, Margaret uh, Stoll and Carlos uh, Pacheco is on it. Life. Like Life Magazine presents the origin of Carol Dan- Danvers and Captain Marvel in one place in a way you haven't seen before. Uh, Margie's pulling all together the strands of Carol's backstory to craft a tale that will no doubt become a sentimental story about the character and set her in a place for her role in Avengers and elsewhere throughout Marvel Universe. I don't know what the, th- the cover looks like. It's almost kind of like doing the vision thing where it's taking a character and placing her like in normal situations to try to f- figure out who she is. But I don't know. I don't know what to expect from that one. That that solicitation didn't interest me at all. It's very vague. It's like, oh, we're just going to put everything together to craft a story that will become a seminal story. Yeah, well, I would hope that you would strive for that on any yeah. kind of story. Uh, and you're going to pull together from Baxter. Yeah, I'm sure that's every now, combo. Now, if it was uh, Carol Danvers just being Carol Danvers living life, yeah, I'd maybe actually give that a try. 
and then to watch her get into trouble or, you know, some guy comes to mug her and then she beats the shit out of him. Yeah, I would get that book. But, uh, you know, with Captain Marvel, like, I don't like what I've read of her. Obviously, Civil War Two was not like her actual character. Um, Ultimate Avengers, whatever, was screwed up. But, like, I've read of her and Jessica Jones, like an alias, like, because that's Jessica Jones' actual best friend, not uh, whatever, Squirrel Girl or whatever. Um, was no, it Hellcat? Or Hellcat. Hellcat, yeah. Um, so I love how, like, Bendis, I think Bendis gets who that character is, but there's a lot of writers I don't think understand Captain Marvel. They, they're trying to do too much with her. And, like, I'm just like, eh, I just, I'm not interested. Like, I've, it's so shady in my eyes. I'm like, eh. I like Captain Marvel a lot. She has good stuff. Well, I know, but what I've read from her that recently, you've been reading Captain Marvel stuff forever. I've literally, the, the only thing I've actually years, read is Civil War II of hers. Yeah. Other than when she shows up in a book. Well, Ultimate Avengers, you got. Are you? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. 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 Ultimate. I mean. You're right. Yeah. Uh, she has a lot of stuff, but the only thing about her and like hearing this, or like all pulling together all of her backstories that I think this is probably the fourth relaunch they've had in the last few years of Captain Marvel, like to keep restarting it. And like Kelly Sue, uh, Kelly Sue was on the book for a while and they had the people who, um, uh, somebody who wrote the script for Guardians and now she's doing the actual script for Captain Marvel. She wrote it and th- they've been bringing people like to try to like reinvigorate this character, but like Kelly Sue's run was good and they like kind of oh we're gonna restart this not selling well so for a while they were restarting because it wasn't selling well being like oh people don't like this but it's like no people like that it's just like i don't think captain marvel is a person that's gonna sell you know tony stark numbers sell spider-man numbers i think i think she needs to be a part of a team and like you know they're what book is that coming out with all the female characters that i think looks great um with valkyrie and Oh, um, it might be the fearless defenders. Fearless defenders, like have her lead a team like she did with Ultimates. Like I think she's a great leader, and so that shows when she's on a team book. But I mean, yeah, I agree. Man. I don't think like she's going to pull off that kind of prestige. Uh, depending on how that looks, I'll get that book. Like Alex said, I don't know what that solicit says. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, once I get more information, I might be in. But we'll see. Amazing Spider-Man number one, Nick Spencer, Ryan Otley's Ryan Otley's first work after Invincible, after doing all that work. Uh, Nick Spencer's been MIA since uh, Civil War, not Civil War, um, Secret, Secret, Empire. Secret Empire. And uh, well, he's no. writing Damnation with Donny uh, Gates. Gates. Oh, yeah, he came back with it, but that was kind of off of Secret Empire. Right. So, uh, what do you think, Alex? And you get amazing right now. Is this enough for you to keep on until they restart it? Well, I think I've only got like four issues left to finish Amazing. This and comes out July 4th, wow. 2018. Wow. I, That's gonna be a busy day. Yeah, there's a lot. That's of stuff the same there. day of the wedding for Batman and the what's the other Captain thing? America. Yeah, right. I think I think in all honesty, I am willing to give Amazing Spider-Man the end route and to hop on or stay on with Nick Spencer. I trust his writing. I've read the fix. The fix makes me laugh out loud. Um, and it sounds like we're getting back into Peter kind of being down on his luck, but has to do the right thing. So I'm I'm hopeful. And I think he'll. I think he can knock it out of the park. And like, so I'm excited I, for hashtag Guesthouse One to read it so I can read it after him. Well, I think that's the thing is that uh, Guesthouse One always wants me. Or sorry, hashtag Guesthouse One wants me to read all this dumb Spider-Man shit, and that's how I feel about it. Is that it's Spider-Man shit? Where I actually want to get a book that when I can go, Corey, this book is amazing. I can't wait to get the next issue, and so it's. It's. I think for me, it's. I'm being hopeful. I'm trying to be as optimistic. And less of a pessimistic, angry man towards Spider-Man. Because I just, I feel so burned from uh, Spider-Man. Recently, I, I sent in a group chat, we're all in a group chat, um, a picture of uh, all the Spider-Men, right? The drawings of people drawing them throughout the years. Do you see that? 
Oh, I yeah, I saw the pictures that you sent. So I was looking at that, and I was like, God, like uh, there's some good ones. See, obviously the classic stuff like that, but there's one person I was just like, that's like when I think of Spider Man, I envision was Todd McFarlane's, like how he looked. And for some reason, I like Ron Ali's style a lot. Um, I really I wasn't reading really Invincible like ongoing, but anytime I saw anything was on the solicit, I would always look at the preview just because I like the way his art looks. And for a while, I was like, God, I want to read something that he does. And I think actually I'm going to get this book because the way he draws is like this cartoony style, but yet he can draw an acting scene and draw like, and this is not going to be in Spider-Man, but like in Invincible, he would draw like a bloody action scene that would be like so visceral and so like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Macabre. Almost gut wrenching. Well, you know, it would be there'd be like so much destruction on the page. You're just like, and then he can draw invincible, like looking like a superhero. You know what I mean? There's yep. such a variance of his art that I think he's perfect for this book. And so that's what I'm most excited for. You know, Nick Spencer, I think we'll do a good job if we get like the fixed Nick Spencer. If we get the fixed Nick Spencer, that's like good with this comedy, or even the Ant Man. The Ant Man book yeah, was good. Ant Man was great. Oh, that's right. I forgot Spencer wrote Ant Man. And he wrote was good. Superior Foes of Spider Man. That's good too. So like, if we get that guy. And I think we will. I don't think we'll get the Secret Empire kind of guy, even though there was a couple issues we did like. And um, I think this book will be great. And this, I think it's the one. Oh, there's another one. But I think this is one of the ones I'm like, yes, this is a guarantee. It's going to be at least I think, interesting. I think my problem is that Nick Spencer left kind of a, a, a bad taste in my mouth from Secret Empire. And that's the only thing that I'm, I'm going, God, that book really wasn't yeah, as good as I want. But like saying you know, the fix was good. I forgot that Nick Spencer wrote uh, Ant-Man. I enjoyed that book. There's good stuff. Yeah, I know he knows how to write good stuff. Yeah. And Ant-Man did make me laugh out loud. Fix does make me laugh out loud. That I think that's I think his he'll key, handle right? Spider-Man just fine. He was on Captain America and he was on Sam Wilson for a while in Secret Empire when he tries to be the political kind of, you know, uh, serious writer. I don't think he does that great, but when he does the comedic kind of, uh, you know, comedic drama kind of thing, that's Nick Spencer. And I think this book, it's perfect. This is the only one with like, I think we were talking about when they were, we were trying to guess who would be in the swear room. Nick Spencer was the name that came up because it yeah. makes sense. So that's what I'm looking forward to. I probably will get this one. Uh, Doctor Strange number one. This is Mark Wade and Jesus Saiz. I've been a strange fan forever, Wade said, but I've never been lucky enough to write an extended run featuring the good doctor. Along with editor Nick Lowe, we've come up with some new and very unexpected places to take Stephen Strange in the Marvel Universe, starting with the stars. When Strange's magic suddenly exhausts itself, we have to travel off Earth to recharge his batteries. Now, Mark Wade, I do like a, light, a lot. I think even more than you guys. Um, okay. Jesus is a, a great artist. So everything about this should be like, oh, yes, I'm in. Dr. Strange, I'll have Dr. Strange, you know? The only thing that it's for me, it's like... Space, 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 space. It's like you're taking away his powers. <laughs> Wasn't that like oh, the last three the, runs? That's the thing that gets me <laughs> right. is the magic exhaustion. I thought we were done with that already. <laughs> yeah. It's like, hey... When his powers are suddenly gone, I was like, yeah, well, you mean the la- like the last two times? And he gets it back somehow? Like, maybe, you know, try something different. Maybe try to do, like, the opposite. What happens when he has too much power? Like, how does he do that? Like, how does he handle that? And um, I don't know. I just, I probably will, like, tentatively check it out because I like those people. I like the character. But I think it's one of those things where... I think we talk about all the time when a book is like constantly doing the same thing with a with a certain character. It's like move like there's a different story to be told rather than him always losing his power. And it seems like that's always the story for Doctor Strange. 
when somebody comes on board, like, hey, what if he didn't have powers? And I was like, yeah, did you read the last one? Because so, that's the same thing happened. I'm going to set this one up. So I think, I I think the excitement I had for Doctor Strange is when you guys tell me about uh, Brian K. Vaughn's The Oath or Hickman writing uh, him in the uh, New Avengers. It's like, oh, man, that sounds really good. He's kind of cocky, full of it, and he, he but he, he can back it up. Where now it's always, oh, this is what happens if I'm weak. Mark Wade is my Jeff Lemire, at least for you, Karen, when it comes to Sentry. I like Mark Wade, but he's not a, a writer that solidifies me getting a book. It's like, oh, the reason I got Captain is Chris Samnews on the book. It's not the writer that brought me into this one. So I will probably skip Doc Strange and just cut my losses. Unless you go, uh, best book I ever read. I had to buy three of them because I messed up my first two. Then maybe I'll get, I'll get it. Yeah. Oh, you. Yeah. Oh, uh, Captain, Captain America number one. This is uh, uh, Tennessee Coates and Linnell Yu. This goes on July 4th also. I, uh, Coates says, I think it's a really exciting time to be writing Captain America right now. This country is an interesting place. And I look forward to inhibiting Steve Rogers' character to this guy who has been sort of has it a sort of awkward fit for the world. Out of time, as people say, I hope fans are excited to see something different. And I think they're really compelling villains, villains, old school Captain America fans and Marvel fans will be familiar with. Now, when we were talking about Nick Spencer on this book, and I really didn't think he did a great job with like the political kind of stuff. If there's anybody that Marvel has that can write a political book, it's Coates. I've read for uh, before he even was a comic writer on he writes for the Atlantic and uh, I would always read his stuff, and he, you could always tell he was a comic book fan, but he wrote like political kind of stuff. And it always is great, even when he announced his book. They, like Marvin didn't put out a press release. I mean, they did after the fact, but he announced it by writing an article for Atlantic with what Captain America meant to him. And it's a great article. Go read Atlantic dot com. Um, and I read that, and I was like, "This, I want to read this book. It's going to be very political. So if you don't like that kind of book, I guarantee you." But I think Coates has a nice balance of being like, he's a very political, but like you said, there's some old school villains that are, people really like, but he also understands this is still a comic book. Can I see the cover for that one? Yes. And I want to see the Spider-Man one, if there was one. Yeah, Lennel Francis Yu, though, great artist. I mean, he did that Indestructible Hulk run and the just Hulk. I thought it was Mark Wade. Oh, you mean art, right? I think art. I'm sorry. Yeah, Yu does some great art. Does I'm excited cover. for that, and you know, I did. I told you guys I watched that Good Morning America like feature on Tanihisi Coates, and like I was in. I was like, yeah. I wish I had already gone back and got Black Panther number one, but it was too far. Oh, in. You didn't get Black Panther one. I thought you did because he and I got it, or I got it. I mean, Rise of the Black, the no, one actually Black Panther, where it's Black Panther. I just know the cover is him standing there in Wakanda. No, I don't no. think Eric got that. I didn't okay. get it. Uh, I didn't know anything about Black it. Panther. Was great too. It's just really slow, and I think. Um, for a while, and that was his first comic book. So I think it just took him for a while to figure out how to do comic books. So I, I think knowing that you guys are interested in this book, I at least want to give issue one a try. I don't know how I stand on reading a political comic book. Like it's one of those things that's not something that's usually in my wheelhouse of what I would want to I read. I think as long as he doesn't put a lean in it, like. But I'm I know fine. that I want to. I want to have a Captain book, right? And so that's. I think my biggest thing is I want to have a. Here's Captain. the thing, though. I think there's a nice balance between political and just having an action book. Uh, did you ever read Ed Brubaker? Anything he did with Captain America? Nope. I think he had the perfect balance. If you read any of his books, it's always political allegory, right? If you re- if you love the uh, Winter Soldier movie, that is a very political movie, but there's a good mix of action enough, to, and there's like. The things that he says when you know when Cap goes in there, he goes, "This is not safety. This is fear." 
that you're doing. You're trying to, you know, scare people into being like, oh, we'll protect you. You need us. That is very political. That is very telling for these times, like, you know, giving up your freedom for security. And, but it's not like in your face. We'll talk about uh, Captain America later. Um, in your face being like, this is political. And I think Coates is very good about being like, hey, in kind of like the Black Panther movie, there's a lot of political, there's a lot of culture, there's a lot of things that are relevant to this time, but it's not blatantly like, hey, this is all this is about, and I'm just trying to tell you this message. Uh, you had me at Winter Soldier. Sold. Uh, the next book, Multiple Man, number one. This is Matthew Rosenberg and Annie McDonald. Uh, Matthew Rosenberg, we know from the Four Kids Walking to a Bank fame. Uh, yeah, Jamie is very dead. He was killed by Chirurgeon Mist, and all his dupes died with him. But our book starts off with someone finding Jamie not very dead. Yeah, but he is not long for this world. So the mystery of why he's is dead. You know, the only thing with this, I'm going to read the rest of that. When I saw this, I was like, this makes me think maybe Marvel hasn't figured out what was wrong with their other relaunches. Too many books. Who wants a multiple man book? I mean, maybe you like that character, but can he hold the book? No. It's like, yes. The only thing that would come out of this book is if... Rosenberg is writing another bank heist. If it's and a mini, if it's a mini, good. Four issues. That's all. Four issues. Trying four to issues. copy DC, you know, like when they're doing their like Silver Age, Golden Age, like characters by just like Kite Man. Like oh. Kite Man was awesome, but he was incorporated into a story. They're like, what if we do a whole fucking book about B list character, yeah. like Zebra Man? No, nope. yeah. like, and not that a not that a BC list character can have their own book, but why is that something that like if he. Have a book like Spider-Man or have a book like X-Men, which uh, multiple men should be part of. Have them be in that book and then people go, I like that character. And then it spins off when you do a book. You know, you test the ground that this can work rather than be like, hey, like this character. And then nobody gets the book and then you're like, oh, wait, you cancel the book. And then you're like, wait, nobody wants to read this book. It's like, yeah, nobody was like, hey, yeah, multiple man book. That's what I want. My fear is that it's going to give uh, Rosenberg a a wrong... um, Send the wrong message to people. That it's almost like Marvel doesn't trust him with any other character. So here's the multiple man. Um, see if you can sell this. If you can, great. Think about it this way. DC for, what, f- almost like 50 issues for a long time, for years. In Batman, uh, Duke was in that book, and he was like doing his, like helping Bruce out, like learning how to be a hero. And then you're, they were like, oh, you know what? We're going to do a little mini spinoff of The Signal. I mean, not to say people were clamoring for that book, but that made sense. I didn't be like, what? Signal out of nowhere. I was like, oh, okay, well, yeah, he, it makes sense. He's been in that book forever, and he gets his own spinoff. Uh, Mara doing her own spinoff now. Yeah, she's part of Aquaman. She's been right. in part of that run, like a critical character in that run, and makes sense that now. When Aquaman is going away, or like into shells, and she's becoming in charge, it makes sense that she has her own book. Yeah. Like they're naturally coming out of the story rather than you being like, "Hey, forcing I'm, I'm going to make it. this." Yeah. Uh, so we're, like, open up the book and what? Where do you put your finger? We'll hurry through us because it's going it's it's really on for free time. <laughs> uh, Black Panther number one. This is still Coates and Daniel Acuna. This is May twenty third, uh, twenty eighteen. So and I want to jump on this one. Yep, I'll number this one. one. Uh, yes, I would if I'm going to make a recommendation on any of these. I would say this one is probably guaranteed to be the best one. What else has Akuna done? Akuna did some art for Uncanny Avengers that we read. Yes. Yeah. Did the Sam Wilson. Right. He's done a lot of things, but um, yeah. So he says perfect jumping on point is well new direction for Black Panther. Uh, go and read the solicit. But like, I, if you heard me talk about cults earlier, you know that it's a fair bet. Uh, Ant Man and the Wasp number one. This is, I believe, a miniseries. 
So at least, oh yeah, six issue limited series from Mark Wade and Javier Garan. Um, June six, it'll June six. Everything's going out. Yeah, but it's just gonna be a little mini, so probably because the movie's coming out. So I don't know how that'll be. I can't even. I don't know. Well, at least it makes sense that they were like, "Hey, these two. You know what? That makes more sense to be an ongoing than that multiple man book." <laughs> and I don't know why that is. Thor number one. This is Jason Aaron, Mike uh, Del Mundo. Uh, June thirteenth. With team. these number one new titles, excuse me, with these new number one titles for some of our key franchises, we're going big, brand new, exciting characters, exciting stories for our core characters. And rest assured, the bonnet characters you know and love aren't going anywhere. These stories will continue in Marvel Universe with more epic milestones. Oh, that's just a, yeah, nothing really tells you about the story. Jason Aaron's been doing a great job on Thor. If you see this cover, it's it's Odin's son with the beard and with the uh, middle arm. So it's building off of what he's been doing for years. And it's Mike Domino, who's great. Yeah, so, incredible. Uh, the Westworld, not Westworld, <laughs> the uh, Weird World, Weird, Weird, Weird World. World, still can't say it after all these years, um, was great. So, it'd be nice to see this book. I, yeah, never mind. Never mind. Uh, two more books left. Phantom number one, this is Donnie Cates, Ryan Stegman, um, May 9th. This is one that I know Alex is going to get, right? Yes. Excited for? Corey will get it, too. He will obviously Hashtag get it. Hey, maybe, maybe not. No, I think he doesn't like good writing. He likes Stegman. Donnie Cates yeah. has been killing in every book. I know every once in a while we're like, hey, Donnie Cates, really? You're going to do a good job? Yeah, he does a good job. Uh, Ryan Stegman is a great artist, so that'll be exciting to check out. And Avengers number one, this is Jason Aaron, Ed McGinnis. This is May 2nd. Actually, so this is the first one kicking it off. Um, the show. They're going to reveal. Oh, this is just a plug for a look. I think I'm hopeful for that. Yeah. I like Jason Aaron a lot. I like Jason Aaron a lot. I am looking forward to I'm that. To give it a and shot. Are we I'll getting the OG Avengers? Yeah, it's going to at least team? be Bruce Banner, Hulk, uh, yeah. Odin's son, and Captain America were the ones. All in. in. Iron Man. All in. Yeah, Iron Man. I think he was in the there. picture too. Okay. Yeah. They, that's the the pitch was the core characters can come back. And guess what, Marvel? Guess when you should have done this? Like ten years what, ago, so when Hank those Hank movies gonna started be in coming. No, I don't know who else. Whoa, so not the core. I don't think they really announced the team. I would hope that Jason Aaron has something grand planned for it and not. I think that's the thing about Avengers that if you're really going to put the team together and you either need to go small scale or big. And that book just felt like it's been middling in like the middle, like doing weird well, stuff. It's, it's, they bring in a lot when they need to. Otherwise, they've got these core characters like, no, you either have the whole team or you only have X amount of team and that's what you have. Like Hickman's run was grand. That felt great. If you remember Bennis's run, Bennis's run is very small, very personal, and that's great too. But I feel like they've been trying to just do like these generic like stories recently. Right, like we're great. in our base and someone got thrown in here. Like, okay, now we're gonna bit the shit out of him too. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. Jason Aaron's good. Ed McGinnis. Uh, Ed McGinnis is a guy that I like. Okay, okay enough to get that book. So uh, a little too bold, but otherwise good. Six of those, colors. Though. I think six of those books are what I'll be getting. Yeah, so some good picks there. Check them all out, and when they announce more, uh, we will let you know. RootsOfTheSwampThing.com, your definitive online source for all things Swamp Thing. Uh, Holland Files number two is out, Garrett. How is it? Holland Files two was awesome. A lot of cool like images that you haven't got to see in Holland Files number one. So definitely looking forward to finishing this bad boy. And that's not the only thing. If you want to learn more about Swamp Thing, Alex, where would you go? You're gonna go to RootsOfTheSwampThing.com. Make sure you stay in touch at RootsOfTheSwampThing.com on Twitter at DCWorldSwampy, Facebook.com/slash/RootsOfTheSwampThing. Speaking of uh, titles. This is Gideon Falls, number one. This is Jeff Lemire. Andrea Sorrentino, Dave Stewart. This is the first issue of their new Image comic. Um, what do you guys think? First issue. It is. Does it feel oversized? It's a yes. little bigger? Yes. A little bigger, yeah. 
Um, There's a lot of um, art telling the story as well. Alex, what do you think? Um, it was a different Jeff Lemire book than I was anticipating. Like I liked it, but there's there's two different parts of the story being told. There's um, what's the main character's name? It's not. I don't think it's Norton. Wait, Wilfred. Norton. Yeah, Norton's his last name. Is Norton okay? Well, so, Norton's the guy wearing the mask. Yep. And Wilfred or Pastor Fred, Father Fred. Fred. Yep. Yeah, Father Fred. So Norton is digging in the trash, finding things. I don't even know what he's finding other than nails and glass shards and broken junk, essentially. And Norton Sickler. Then he's, I, I just, I don't know what to expect from this book. Cause then you get, then you get, uh, Wilfred, who's, uh, been brought into being a priest in, he's also in Gideon Falls, right? He just got there, yeah. Okay. Cause I assume, I assume Gideon Falls was this big city. And then he's kind of like on the outskirts of this town at a church, uh, runs into a, uh, a woman who kind of is one of those older ladies who works for your church. Or just does stuff for your church. Uh, by the way, she has a claw. She has a hook. And it reason. blew my mind. Yeah, not, not, not a claw. Uh, a hook. Kind of threw me off. I was not yeah. expecting that. <clears throat> you know something I would say? I do feel like this is way different than his other works. Uh, but I think in a good way, it's very cinematic, I thought. Like, it very feels like a movie. The way it's paced, the way certain angles are. Kind of horror The way you see stuff like that. Definitely horror. The hook hand that you're talking about. Like, you see her first and she's talking to him. And you don't really see it. And then, like, the cut is cut right to her hand, but it doesn't call it out to be like, hey, she doesn't mention anything about it. He doesn't mention anything about it. Obviously, they've seen it. Like, he saw her with it, so he's not going to bring it up, but it's so jarring. There's a lot of things in this book, this issue especially, that are like so jarring panel to panel that I think he's trying to, like, throw you off being like, what's going on? I don't understand. Like, it feels, you feel uneasy the whole time. Now, Norrin or whatever his name is, he's not in Gideon Falls, right? He's in I assumed city. it was. I thought, I thought Gideon Falls was the city. Well, at the end of the, in the letter pages, uh, Jeff Lemire refers to Gideon Falls as a farming town. Okay. So I'm not so, sure. So Fred is like actually he's not in there. Gideon I think Falls. he's having visions of Gideon yeah. Falls. Okay. okay. He's in a city, some sort of city. Um, so you were talking about Norton is seeing, is picking up all this trash. He thinks it's all connected, but he doesn't know why until he has that vision of the barn, black, big black barn. Um, speaking oh, of shit, nails in the bar. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. That's he's oh. finding pieces of wood and nails. Yeah. He's finding the Dang, barn. That blah, 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 so the whole time barn. his therapist thinks he's crazy. He's just finding random stuff. He thought for a while they may, you know, he's crazy, but he's like, I finally think I figured this out and I can't go back there. Um, but speaking of jarring, so there's a scene when he's walking down the street, he goes past a nail. I was just bringing that up. And he kind of looks back oh, yeah. and the way that Sorrentino colors it is that it focuses on the nail on him. And then you can see him walk back and get the nail. And that's right after his therapist said, hey, you got to meditate. When you feel like you need to pick up something and be like, what's this piece of trash mean? Meditate and forget about it. Just go past it. And she's tell, you hear this dialogue as he walks past it. And then she goes, and then you won't even need to pick it up anymore. And he goes and picks it up. And I thought that was such a good juxtaposition of the the uh, text with also him picking it up, but also it's kind of jarring because when I saw that nail and he walked past it, I was like, is he going to pick that up? And then you're ready thinking like Norton and be like, you should pick that up. Right. <laughs> so like it kind of makes you like start feeling like Norton, like seeing trash and being obsession. like, what does that mean? Yeah. Um, there was a panel. I don't think you guys noticed. I don't even know if it's like a printing error or what, but where they're talking the father, Fred and the lady and their texts are white bubbles and also it's just yellow. yellow. But even the for one panel, even the uh, therapist, hers are purple, for a while. 
And then like, there's there's color changes they, in their the bubbles. Text bubble changes. And I wonder if that's another thing to be like throw you off. Be like, what's this? All of a sudden, like for yeah. a second, it kind of like freaks you out a little bit because you're like, oh, is something happening here? Like, are they like not you know actually them anymore, yeah. or what's happening here? And then it goes back to like regular text. So I don't know if that's intentional or not. If it is, it's a great little trick. Like I've never seen that in the comics to be like to make you think that something weird's going on because they do that in film every once in a while with. Um, horror movies or thrillers or anything like that, well, they'll change the frame rate or change something that you really would have to notice, like really be into to notice. But anybody else just watches the movie, but they feel weird all of a sudden. They feel like, oh, it's not the same anymore. And that's a nice trick to like make somebody feel uneased. And when I was reading that, I was like, I wonder if this is just a trick to be for you to be like, like maybe not everybody noticed, but somebody was like, something, something happened here. Right. You I know, did I didn't subconsciously remember feel it. I had to do the double take for the yellow cuz it, it yeah. blended in better with That's I thought, I I thought it was the coloring too. on that panel. But I think Jeff wants you to do the double take to be like he kind of throw you off to be like what's that? And I I, I give props to uh I think Sorrentino is yeah. is a good choice for this book. Yeah. If very the, obscure. If, if the idea was to make you feel jar cuz there's there's parts where um you've seen the black barn and the vision and then upside down is Norton's red colored in this barn that he's thought um, it's identical, but yeah. just not the same colors, yep. obviously mirror image of it, but done differently. This was, this was an interesting book. I was just saying to these guys before we started the show, like there's that page term when you see father Fred as a ghost. I, I jumped. I like, I, cause it was, you know, father you, Tom. See, you see father, no, it was father Fred. It was, ta- it was Oh, Tom. you mean right. Tom, the father Tom, Fred saw him. Yeah. And then he like runs away, and Father Fred goes after him. First off, I mean that. No, I'm just saying that page turn right away. I mean, he's right up top. The way he's perched. Oh yeah, I'm like, oh god, I got goosebumps. I was like, and the way that Father Fred goes after him without even thinking about it, because he like that. That also was a nice character moment because it proved to me like he 100 percent believes in his religion and believes in the afterlife and ghosts and all that stuff like that. Because he didn't even question, be like, oh, is that a ghost? He's like, oh, that's him. That's a ghost. That's Father Tom. I need to go after him. Um, I think, and I think the biggest praise I can give this book, I really do like this issue in this book. I think it's like, it wasn't pitched as a horror book. We were kind of saying on the forecast that it does feel like it might be kind of like a true detective, uh, kind of like a Dave Fincher kind of book or, uh, sorry. I think there's a lot of books that say, Hey, this is a horror book. And then you read it and it tries so hard to be scary that it's not scary. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It's like try blatantly trying to be scary and like try to creep you out. And you kind of know being like, oh, they're over the top because they're trying to scare me. This was very subtle in a way with all that stuff we're talking about here that it creeped me out because I felt like it was more authentic. Like the perch, you know, that like the little things, the perch, the looking back at the nail while she's telling that things and he goes and picks it up like. And I was thinking, oh, he should pick up that now. And like, it's making you start think things like those characters, or even like the reveal of the the barn, and the way that he's saying, uh, "I you showed me this vision, and I know what it is now, and I know I'm not alone." Like even that, in a way, you're hearing this person who thought he was crazy, but he doesn't. He doesn't think he's crazy anymore. Like justify his illness in a way, and maybe he's. And you're thinking, they're like, oh, maybe he's not crazy. But then also, it's pretty fucking crazy, the situation. Yeah. So now you're all of a sudden being like, oh, he's not crazy. And now you're in, you're him. You're justifying it for him yep. while you're still not sure if this is all not real for both of them. They both could be crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like in that way, it, like when I got at the end of this issue, I was like, 
man, that's like a ride your brain takes to bring this whole issue. Uh, and like you said, Sorrentino, there's great panels in this mm-hmm. issue too. I really do like this a lot. And actually, uh, I believe this is uh, my pick this week, I think. So I give nine. it, I this give it a 10. A, 10 for uh, was, uh, no, I was thinking eight. I'm going to give it an eight. Oh, wow. I did like it, but you know what? Kind of annoyed me. And like, that's just my, it's my thing. I opened up the first page and I fucking thought it was a printing error because he was upside down right away. And I was like, this, what the fuck is this? Oh, yeah. And so I like it right that's away. That's part started, of what I'm talking about. Though. I know. Like it unhinges you. But like, what's this? Like, there's so yeah. many things in this that you're like, well, is this right? And I think that's part of it to be like, I don't know what's happening right now. And I told you like most of the times issue ones don't really give me the like the perfect feeling. You know what? I thought about you twice today for yeah. you saying that uh, about Oblivion Song, which we'll talk about later and Gideon Falls. Because I was trying to think like, is there enough in this first issue that you said you said that usually first issues are so much set up that really you don't feel like it's an issue, right? Is yeah. that what your thing was? And like it sets up more questions, obviously, than it does answer. It just starts laying down the seat. I feel like Oblivion Song, we'll talk about later, and Gideon Falls, I think since they were oversized, I think we did get enough for at least me to be like, oh, yeah, I know what's going on. Like I, I know enough to be like, I, I can get more of this. Yeah. Right, whereas, there, was a, there was enough curiosity for me that I'm like, yeah, I want to know what happens next. Whereas those DC New of Ages books were so short recently, the new number ones, where those felt like, hey, I don't even know what the heck, like, I just like one scene and then it's over. Yeah. So, uh, I really did like it. It was good. Alex? Sorry, just I was thinking about this. It, that book is weird. I'm, I'm, already, I'm jarred at just talking about it. Yeah, I mean, if they ever, I mean, I know it's only one issue, but somebody better buy those movie rights. I'll say if, that, if this book keeps on the, on the track it's going... Uh, it's going to be. Well, oh, did you read the letters at the end? I read parts of the letters. He said originally he went to school for film, and this was going to be like a movie he was trying to make, and then he made it instead of comics. I so. did like that letters page. He was explaining his history with comics too. That was really it's cool. Good. It's really good. It makes you want to go back and get some of that old stuff he's working on. Something else that jarred me was uh, Captain America six ninety nine. Well, I'm jokingly sarcastically uh, written by Mark Wade and art by Chris Samney. I, uh, this Captain's story has taken a, a, a turn from the last issue. I mean, last issue was the turn. And now we're just continuing on. When I see at the end of this book, oh, to be concluded, I could give two craps about this book That's concluding. That's what I'm thinking. This book bores me to fucking death. I thought we were, I thought we were getting Captain, getting back into being Steve Rogers, being Captain, trying to, and I get he is being that character. But he's not doing it the way I was expecting. And maybe that's the problem. I went into it expecting Steve to be uh, cross-country skiing, uh, then fighting crime at a, a, a cabin, go to a town and, you know, eat ice cream. And then Swordmaster shows up and you got to beat the shit out of him. This isn't what I was anticipating. And I think that's probably why I'm not enjoying this book. And that's okay, because, like, I got what you were saying about last issue, Marvin, like, how, you know, this is Captain Mary, this is what he would do in this situation, like, it can't always be the same, um, and it doesn't need to be, but it just, I don't know, I'm like, I, that first issue took me out, and then when I get into this, it's like, he's leading this new resume, and, like, things like that, and, like, when a character gets so beyond themselves, like, in, like, history and whatever, I get, like, he's trying to, like, help establish the new world order, like, Hey, we need to have you need leadership because there's gonna be another bad guy coming, so on and so forth. But you know, still like what we were promised from Wade and Samney post Secret Empires, like he was going to find himself, whatever. And then it was just like, hold on, we're gonna stop all that exposition. Here's a three issue thing leading into 700 about him fighting a war in the future. I was like, that's not what I was originally under the impression that he was coming into. 
and that's fine. I mean, you got You can't just do the same story over and over again, but I didn't think that the two, three issues we've already gotten was enough to be like, oh, he's figured his shit out in Secret Empire. No. I, I think that originally Mark Wade and Chris Samney were going to do six issues that were kind of one-shots, and when they got the call to do a longer run, they decided to do just the three that they already had written and to do uh, actual full arc, and that's what we have here. Because I believe they would lead up and that 700 would be like the final one jet that they have. Um, the last issue I did defend a lot between you two. Uh, this issue was horrendous. It was so bad. <laughs> it was, oh. and I'm being kind of uh, facetious, but like it was so on the nose of what it was trying to tell you. It The story was rushed and the pacing was rushed and there's clearly nothing in this issue that shows me that this was a more than a five second thought because a lot of it's like, Oh, Hey, yeah, let's uh, be very blatant about like, these guys are uh, an allegory for our very alt-right uh, Teddy society. And like everything is so on the nose and really, I'm just like, at the whole time I was reading, I was like, when we talk about, like when I'm talking about coach to be very, I think he's going to be very subtle about it and know how to mix them together. This is so like, Oh, these are these kind of people in our taste society, and like Captain with some, and I, I Captain's cheesier once in a while, but this is super cheesy dialogue, man. And him throwing the shield. There's a couple of cool panels from Chris Samney when he, you know the explosives and him turning the shield around. That was cool. Um, but like Hulk, like for two seconds they fight, and he stops him and was like, "Oh man, uh, he took over my mind," and then. The thing turning his thing, thinking he was saving the world. Oh no, guy! Oh no, you were just saving the evil guys. And give me that issue. He says something in that panel that is. Oh god! Like guy, I I have to admit I am actually really grateful, Marvin, that you felt the same way that Garrett and I did. Because I was struggling to go. How can Marvin defend this book? This book was just. It's not to right. me. This is not Captain America. It's not. And like Samney, I mean, if it wasn't for Samney, this book. I mean, it would be dropped. I'd be like, yeah. I don't try. I don't want this. This is not what I want to pay four dollars a month for. Like, yeah. this is not quality. This is filler. I the cover made me really excited, and because yeah. I really did expect, oh, maybe we're getting to do uh, things on one side and Hulk's on the other. Always, oh my gosh, Captain's going to stand in between. I didn't read the bottom of the thing that goes uh, where it says Hulk versus the thing. And it goes, well, you know, they're, they're not really them fighting. It's just they're in the book. And it's like, oh, well. Basically Marvel Bolton. Yeah. It's like, okay. Uh, basically, it's just Captain telling Ben, being like, I know you want revenge. God, I know you're entitled. This man and his organizers are mass murderers who stole America. And I was just like. And then uh, he's like, yeah, it's clobbering time. And then anything. Captain America's like. <laughs> yeah, it's clobbering time. And then Captain America's like, for country, give me my country back. I was just like, geez, us, come on. It's just cheesy. It's bad. And it's not even oh, like gosh. cheesy, like tongue in cheek where I'm like, yes, I know what you guys are doing. I think feel like that's how the last or the three, those three one shots were. They were like tongue in cheek when Cap said stuff like that. I like smiled and was like, yeah, that's Cap. He's cheesy. And even there's a little, the last issue even had a moment where I was like, I, I told you when he stands up with shield, no. that moment I did like also, but this one is just like. I don't know. It, it rings like somebody impersonating Captain America rather than Captain America. It is Ghost believing. Cap, though. It's it Ghost is. Cap. It is Kim trying to figure it out, but yeah. But I, I think it's I'm I've I've I'm past the Ghost Cap thing. I'm just 
this seems like a poor choice where those first three one shots were excellent. And I thought even though if the last issue had been one shot, he got zoomed into the future, sees what kind of garbage would happen if he wasn't around, wins, and then comes back and goes, wow, you know, great adventure. I got to go to South Dakota or I have to go to Canada or wherever he needs to go to keep I go to Canada to figure go, out America. You know, hey, hey, sometimes sometimes you need to leave the you States know what the biggest fix it. and I, I think we say multiple times in the show the biggest thing this comic does wrong is that it's not bad it's boring and I read yeah. the, the whole issue being like why should I care why do I care that Ben is was tricked by these guys like why was he even tricked you can have mind powers. You can control the Hulk, but you didn't do that to Ben. You had to like give him a lie, and Ben never once was like, "Hey guys, you never actually, questioned it." You guys actually up there are doing okay, and like he just. I like how that blast, like explosive, like nuclear blast, can't do anything to him, but a fucking mind ray. Oh, I'm your slave for twenty years. No. Like five <laughs> years. Like it's like okay, well, that doesn't make sense. And you're right. I saw at the end it was like to be concluded in the grand issue seven hundred, and I was like, for what? Why isn't 700 some big one-shot story about yes. Captain America celebrating his history or a start of a new arc or something rather than conclusion to this story, which clearly feels like you are just trying to make and a that's statement. what makes me mad because we're probably paying five bucks, if not six, for that issue 700, and it's going to be fucking horrible. All, all it's going to do is bring Captain back to the current time. And then I was like, at the end of this issue, I was like looking forward to like that Babington guy. Like, okay, this whole book will pay off. If he was like, I've been controlling you the whole time since you've been in ICE and you actually didn't go into the future. I would have been like, yeah. okay, let, that's let me, better than the entire fucking thing you just tried to play. Let me just make a disclaimer because I've been meaning to say it on the show for a while. Because uh, I know there's a lot of people. There's a comic movement online right now that I don't even want to talk about. But there's a comic movement online right now about people. Uh, yeah, I don't even talk about it. But I just want to clarify that this criticism is coming from somebody who a lot of people would think that is way too far left. I'm very liberal and I'm very like, like uh, everything that this book wants to say, I agree with everything. This they wanted like the point of this book. Yes, I agree with, but you don't have to uh, make the message so boring that I feel, I feel as someone who agrees with it, that you're pandering to me in a way that when I'm reading to this, I'm like, yes, I know what you're saying. But how are you ever going to get more people involved if you clearly are just like uh, hand holding, like saying it in a way that's kind of like, yeah, everybody else is dumb for not thinking this way, which I might be true. But still, there's a subtle way to do it. I think a way to get people involved and on your side. Um, this was like a four for me. I don't know. Chris Samney had a good, good panels. But other than that, I don't see why it's, I don't see why it didn't just end in this issue. It could have. I should have. What else is there to tell? I see that cover for seven hundred. in to shoot him one more time. I see that cover for seven hundred, and I'm like, I don't care. The only way seven hundred is great is if, if one panel, I mean, one page is the end of the story, and then the rest is him back in his time. And we know that's not. It won't be. Or I mean, now that he's gone, it says Captain, the leader that they need, the Cap King. Maybe it's just a one-shot story about Captain saying why he can't be... I don't know. What you can and do. for a second there, I, don't know I was like, oh, well, at least this will tie back to the whole reason he doesn't want to be a leader because of Secret Empire, which was promised when this arc started. But I doubt it's even going to fucking touch it. I uh, I was going to give it a five. I would actually agree with Marvin. It's a four. Four, 100%. All for the art. 
Yep. Nothing. Samney. That's why when you were talking about Wade in the free talk, I was like, after reading this, I don't know. Yeah. My, my trust is oofed. Um. Oh, I thought I was. I, oh, by the way, I I'm gonna make a bet now. I bet we never hear about Evil Cap ever again. Oh, I'm oh, sure not. Happen. I'm sure. I'm, gonna bring, uh, I'm never going to forget. Like all this, all this news about Captain America number one, nobody ever mentioned Evil Cap. So, nope. Hydra Supreme is gone. I will never forget Marvel. I will always remember. All right. Uh, next book we got is Oblivion Song number one, written by uh, Robert Kirkman with art by Lorenzo De Felici, and the colorist uh, being Annalisa Leone. Um, so we get a book about. Um, a guy, I can't even remember his name right now. Um, um, Nolan, who he was part of a program where um, they, so basically what happened, it kind of reminds me of Cloverfield, very much of the concept. And what I got from the story, there's an event that was called the transference. Um, I obviously don't know everything about it, but in the transference, obviously the monsters leaked into our earth. Yeah. They leaked into our earth. Um, and during this, like when eventually when the two uh, dimensions separated again, that separate dimension, and I'm I'm grabbing at straws here because this is what I'm trying to pull. It it took some of the earth brought lanes, the other city brought the city with it, right? Brought some of the city or at least the populace of that city with it. No, you're right. They did say they they took a chunk of the city. Yep. Yeah. Um, and it took everyone that was in that chunk with it to that other monster dimension. Um, so Nolan, his thing is he goes in extracts people and brings them back to earth saves them um from these horrific monsters using teleportation well, technology well and even the the not to cut you off even yeah, the atmosphere fine. is destructive for humans right that it actually kind of it makes you sick it it almost not that it's the same as rabies but it does give you almost a rabies feel where uh you're just kind of manic and everything is bad i think you're you. changing into those monsters we see at the end of the issue, there's a group of people, and they have like their monster arms, yep, but they're yep. human. Yeah, so I think it changes. And one of them is his brother. I thought you said I was changing into one of those monsters. And I thought what? I was wondering why you were just staring at me, being like, "What are you talking about?" Yeah, yeah. Okay, you can tell Nolan like his his motivations for doing this. He calls it, you know, it's called the Oblivion, is where the other dimension is. Um, his motivations is his brother is somebody that also got taken to that other to the oblivion. Do they call it oblivion? I don't, think, I don't so. think so. Yeah, it's called the oblivion. No, they call it the wastelands. I thought. No, nope, the oblivion, and then it's the called oblivion, the oblivion song. The oblivion that's song. The sound. It's oblivion all the sounds song. that are going yeah, on. Yeah, that's right. the sounds going on. But I don't think he refers to it as oblivion. I think they call it the oblivion. Well, oh, either way, it. I mean, we can call it the oblivion. I just, I don't, I don't remember them actually calling. No, it I don't that. either. I remember they call it something. Else. I thought it was the. Tra- I thought it was still the transference. Was that's the that's the, the event. Oh, you keep talking. Um, well, I'm looking at the book with you. The thing about this issue and the thing that I enjoyed the most was that I had a couple. Um, I had a couple preconceived notions before getting to this book. I knew it was Kirkman, so I thought for a while that it would feel too much like uh, Walking Dead. It didn't in a, a good way. Um, we do have confirmation they do call it the Oblivion. That's a typo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, right about something for once. Uh, it, and I thought it would be a lot like the well, like wa- uh, Walking Dead. Not that Walking Dead is not good. I mean, I mean it's getting kind of stale lately. But uh, Oblivion Song did feel like a totally, like, it felt like good Kirkman and the ideas were fresh. It didn't feel like yeah, that's was, what I was thinking, fresh. It didn't feel like there was anything that he just borrowed and, you know, changed it for sci-fi Walking Dead. You know what I mean? 
He uh, said he's been thinking about this for quite a few. He said like, I don't know how many years, but he said he's been thinking about it for a while so I lately. thought that was great. I thought the art was great. He talks about on the letter pages at the end that he sought out that guy. He found him online and kind of while he had this idea in his head, he always knew that he was going to pick that guy. And then he waited till like he had enough to be like, do you want to do this comic with me? And then they worked together to like work out things. And I do love, if you read the letter pages, that he does also say, I know I'm notorious for delays. He says, but we've written 13 of these already, so I'm a year ahead. And I hope that means this book will never be delayed. And he says that he has, he knows the, oh, that was Gideon Falls. Never mind. Gideon Falls, he knows the whole story. Um, But I do think that a year is enough for this book to never be delayed. And I, that makes me more excited to read it. Knowing right. that Kirkman, who's a guy who has usually gets stuff delayed except for Walking Dead, so I think that he even uh, admits in his letters comment, he's yeah. like, I don't even know I know I do delays all the time. And everything fell fresh. Like I don't think I've ever like that's the thing when I saw the solicit and I saw the pictures, I was like, it feels like I've read this before. But then when I re- actually read it, it felt like, oh, I don't think any of this stuff is like there's a lot of good stuff in here that's like brand new. The cinematic mm-hmm. opening, like when you're just looking at art for the first like ten pages. Yeah. That opening, well, I think so good. I was gonna say when they're in the, the Bolivian and he talks about the Bolivian song, how quiet it is if the monsters aren't there. I think that's part of the beginning, and then when he goes back later, is that that's why they're silent panels because it's so quiet, like there's nothing really going on. Right, it's like, like this is the quote there. that it opens with, like the breeze, the creatures in the dis- distance, insects. It all came together like it sounded like nothing I've ever heard before. It was like music, like the silence was so deafening. You're right that it. It almost was its own little tune. Uh, the, there was one thing for me that I, as I'm reading the book, at least in the first 10 pages, um, I called what was going to happen. Not throughout the rest of the book, just what was going to happen in that scene. Um, With his brother? No, no, no. Where he shoots the two humans to get them back to Earth. And then his um, teleportation device doesn't work. Yeah. I was like. Well, that was his last resort. No, I, I know, but it was like one of those things. Right after he shot him twice, I thought, I bet he get, I'm thinking he's going to get stuck getting chased by this thing. And the only way to save himself is to tase himself so that he'll go back. Solid. I do like the world that he built in this one issue, even though it is oversized. Going back to what Garrett said about number one issues, I do feel like we learned enough about the situation, the setting, the uh, what people, certain people thought that, you know, there's two different people who believe that those people were sent there for a reason, and that also the government doesn't want to go there anymore and waste money, and that he really wants to go. We learned a lot about his brother. There's a lot of stuff that went on in this issue for enough for me to be like, I think I know exactly, not exactly, but I know enough of the story to be interested for issue number two. I, l- I liked two character points for at least our main character is after he saves people, he, there's a wall in the, I assume, the other half of the city that's more, still on Earth yeah. that is a memorial towards everyone who is gone, is lost in the oblivion. And he saves the, I think it's called their, the Crenshaws, I think it was the fan, the husband right. and wife. And he goes in the even, the night and he chisels out their name or scratches their name up and off. And I just thought that was, that was a really good moment yeah. right there. And it's that cool. it's like, th- my objective is this wall is for everything to be scratched off. I, thought, I respect that. And the government and I think his girlfriend who he goes to ask, um, to be funded to go do this. He's doing this out of his own pocket to go save all these people because the government's kind of written them off. We made this memorial for a reason. Why would we ever go save them? I mean, they're, they're dead. Um, and I think I really, what was the part I was trying to get to? I got to the wall. There's something else I was going to say to you guys. 
shit. I got something like I thinking lost about it. it. Um, what this book really amps me up to get excited about is they're amping you up for the transference, which was like the big event that had this happen. Um, you know, the last panel we get is you see a picture in the past of, uh, I assume that's Nolan with his daughter or something. And this is the first appearance of the creatures into earth. I like it's three panels. And I was like, that gets me so excited to like learn what happened, how this happened. Yep. Like I think Cloverfield, I think Pacific Rim. I just think like it's interesting how they like leak into our world and which creates this whole other storyline. So, I mean, this is fun. This is just a fun book and great, like, you know, great art, great writing. And I'm excited to see where the series goes. I remember what the last part was. Uh, so the, the government's actually mad and they say, well, we're not going to help you. We're not going to fund this because all you're going to do is go find your brother. That's the whole point you're doing this, this hunting down these people. But I, I think for as long as he's been doing, it, I guess I don't know how many people he has saved. I'm assuming a good chunk. I don't foresee him going, well, I saved my brother. Fuck everybody else. That it's like, it's like this government is so, um, they've got this tunnel vision of like, Oh, well, we're not going to help you. Cause you're not, you're not seeing the whole big picture. He's trying to save everybody. Yes. The motivation to do it was his family, but that'd be like getting mad at Batman for fighting all this crime because he wants to help other families not suffer. Yes. He's doing it for his family who died, but so that no one else has to live the life he has. He even says in that one panel when he's talking, when his girlfriend confronts him about cross out the names being like, you make all those other families feel sad that their families aren't coming back and that you found those, you know, those two people. And he's like, I'm not trying to make them feel bad. I want the government to feel bad that these people are still out there and they're never going to come back because you don't care enough to go get them. And he also uses this for hope too. He's like, I want people to have hope that their loved ones can be returned to them. So I think Alex is correct. I don't think it really, he really, I mean, it's certainly, and we'll see in the, because we find out that he's alive. It's certainly, uh, an aspect of his character that is motivation, but I don't think it's his whole reason for doing it. No. And, um, it may have been to begin with, yeah. but not anymore. When you see he goes there one time and he finds a dead body, he says, well, if this is you, then uh, I'm sorry for what I did, and I'm sorry that this happened to you. And he buries the dead body. Do you like how he takes yes. the mouth Loved it. imprint so you can to, find to, out who yep. it is? Yep. That's cool. I loved that. That was one of my favorite little, I mean, small little scene that at first I thought, what is he doing? Oh, my God. He's putting a, uh, to get their teeth so you can their get molds, the dental records. Yes. I thought that was a very Kirkman thing. When yeah. I saw that, I was like, yeah, of course he did that. Um, um with uh, Ed, when we kind of barely, we barely touched this, like his motivations to go into the oblivion is to save his brother, Ed. Turns out that Ed had planted the Crenshaws for, they, he doesn't know that it's his brother. Because we don't know how long in this universe they've been there. You know, they assume Well, so years. much so that Ed doesn't really even know who he is. He doesn't right. know that that's his brother. And he's mutating into a monster. Yeah. So there's and a lot of good buddies. And now they're going to set a trap for whomever is catching these people. Because now they're questioning... What are they doing with our people? Right. Cause so. This is their world now. Yep. It was good. It was a, a solid eight for me. It was fun. Like, yeah, I'd agree. Eight. I'm giving it a 10. I just loved it. Cover to cover. I, uh, I I haven't read enough Kirkman things. Yeah, I read Super Dinosaur. Whatever. I've read bits and pieces of Walking Dead, so I don't have this. <gasps> Kirkman's the best. I really enjoyed it. thought the art was good. Colors were nice. Um, story's interesting. But it actually kind of had a Reuben flair to me. Just like like yeah. the monsters kind of had a, a Reuben look to them. Um, oh, David Reuben. Yeah, sorry. Get through my sandwich. I mean, he's just, you can just tell 
Like there's some pieces of work that you know that are going to be long lasting. Like if this is like if I read Saga Number One, which I haven't. Um, and I mean, you'd know that the potential that it could create. Yeah. Like that's the excitement I have for this series. Uh, the Wild Sword Number Twelve. This is Warren Ellis, John Davis Hunt with Steve Bocello assisting. I guess is. Um, so I said on the forecast that I thought this was the last issue, and then we would get a break. But I do remember reading this was the kind of like breaking point for something that was happening they would set up the rest of the things so what we learn in this issue or what happens in this issue is the three factions that we've been following this whole time kind of become aware of each other and aware that they're all kind of at a war together now and i think this is going to lead off into becoming the war for the last 12 issues and uh i thought this issue was really fun and uh, great. Great action scenes. The action scenes were brutal. <laughs> Do, when the Holy Wildcats God. go in to uh, take out those people because they all... So they are attacking this... Uh, what do they call it? The uh, Lighthouse? Is that what it's called? The no, High Tower. High Tower. They're called the Wildcats? Yeah. That's what that team is, the Wildcats. Oh, I the Wildcats. When they attack the High Tower, they don't, they're not involved with IO or... Uh, Skywatch. Skywatch. And so they're attacking it at the same time that IO is attacking it. and But they're not aware of each other. So they come in, kill those guys, blow it up while they're trying to transfer information out. IO is. And they go, uh, we weren't able to get out in time before it blew up. But they got all other Skywatch's information. And now they have that in Skywatch. You see that panel where they become aware of being like, I need a body. The guy goes, I need a body. And we see the guy who, the hacker who is in charge of getting all the information, thinks he's getting picked up by some sort of Uber or Lyft or whatever it's called in this universe. And then the lady shoots him in the head. Like, there's like everything about this issue. And also, I do like when they're sitting up at the beginning where they're just hacking, he's like, she's like, all right, go. And then they all just sit there in the room. He's like, is anything going on? And she goes, we're just, you know, hack, we're hacking in. Like, uh, it's not really that exciting. It's all that happened in the computer. And uh, I thought it was funny. There's a lot, actually there's a couple. I think this is like there's a lot of funny stuff in this issue that made they actually made me laugh out loud. Um, was one of them explodey? That's like my new favorite phrase. Uh, like how much he's obsessed with that word. I thought She's that was like, funny. But how it sounds. Let me find what made me laugh out loud. But uh, I thought the whole issue was well paced for. Like we remember we talked about this a while somewhere with them. There's a lot of a couple issues where there's a lot of information. I feel like that was the last couple issues, and then there's always one issue where it's like it all comes to a head and. Yeah. You know, kind of be like, okay, this is why I read this book. Not that the other stuff isn't good, but there's so much information. And then at least to this, be like, oh, that's what all that was for. I'll admit, this, this, this issue specifically was a good mix of art telling story, watching a, a good fight scene. Um, not necessarily a lot of wordiness, but there was wordiness to build, to keep moving the story along. But there's been other issues where it's a lot of words and a lot of, uh, what's the right word? Um, you guys say it all the time, and I can't think of what it's called. Hand-holding? Yeah. No, you kind of, well, kind of, yeah. Kind of hand-holding. We're just like, okay, what, what are we moving towards? What's so. the, I always forget her name. What's the lady with the white hair? Oh, Zealot? The one Zealot. that's in the car? Right. And like you can tell that the blonde guy was like leaking information to all kinds of factions. So like yeah. she is wants to help, uh, at least the wild... Have they? Okay, that's another question I have to ask. Did you guys know that before this yes. was they're called the Wildcats? Yeah. They have never said. It was an earlier issue. Yeah. Because they, that's what they call themselves the Wildcats in the series. Say, they say put together a Wildcats. Team. Yep. Oh, I don't remember that. But it's even in this book. They talk about a Wildcat. Hmm. Yeah. Weird. But um, 
you know, she's protecting them, Zealot is, but also protecting her faction that she's yep. kind of maybe double agenting for. for. Yeah, so that was kind of cool. What made me laugh out li- loud is when, uh, I forget who this character's name is, the one that says Explodey, what's her name? Kanesha. She's talking to uh, Drifter, talking to... Um, Grifter. Grifter, what did I say? Drifter. You said Drifter. Um, different book. <laughs> yeah, different book. She goes, you're the worst human in the history of humans, and I'm thousands of years old, so, you know, I met most of them. So let's go. And he goes, wait. He told me you met Hitler one time. She goes, and? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but the action was great in their panels, which is like what that team is all about. Wildcats is about being like this action covert team. So their panels made sense. We have the IO, which is like very science-based. That made sense that that's the way they attack is via stealing information. And then Skywatch is in the air and they're so oblivious what's going on. That they didn't realize until they're losing all the information that they are in a war. He even says at the end, or well, actually, that was IO. She's like, We need to figure out what's going on before we start a war. And she goes, I think we start, we're already in a war. I think we're already there. Um, I thought it was great. I really, I'm like, I'm really looking forward to the next 12 and see where this goes. What do you think my problem with this book was? I already know. It's engineer wasn't in the book. Yeah. That's the only problem I had. Otherwise, it's a great book. She's not even mentioned in the book. I know. She's not even mentioned. Um, I don't see this Wildcats thing. That's something you guys gotta get over sometime, right? What? That's comics, right? Well, I didn't the say. I didn't, I didn't say I had the problem with the com- it. The cover's never about my favorite yes, character is already in the book. The only people who do that is DC. Grifter yeah, was, because they don't try to cheat you. Grifter was in the book, and uh, Zealot was in the book. She even killed somebody. Like, what's what's this uh, is DC? Grifter's that's uh, uh, Cash Cole. Cash. That's what I was thinking of. Not really. Wildstorm and Brent. Well, either way. DC Wild. That's but, one of DC's but, but 15 there's a, a, a variant cover that's got Grifter on it. That was so a nine for me. Strong. Uh, eight. I would go with an eight as well. I really, I like this issue. It was really good. But in all honesty, I kind of did have that built up. And it, I wasn't even, I don't even think it was through you that built it up. Oh, that's going to be the end of this it, this arc. We're going to go into the night. Not arc necessarily, but it's going to be a climax. It really was, but it's the start of the war. That action scene where he had the sniper blow his chin and he blew and he shot him yep. and it blew through the top of his head. Every, every time I read an action scene in this book, I'm always like, I'm pretty sure Alex likes this action. I, I, I even had a, when I watched these action scenes, I follow it to the T on how that, how it went down where Grifter jumped on the guy and then shot the other one. There's a lot of comboing in these action scenes where things change. And then he shoots him. Yeah. Where they chain and they're just not just like individual, individual actions. Yep. Like you said, Grifter. Took that guy down by jumping on him, uh, knees to shoulders. And while he's doing it, he shoots the other guys, and then he shoots the guy. Like, it all makes sense. And I wonder, I'm very curious if that's John Davis Hunter or if that's Warren Ellis. Sorry. I I like how the, and when they do the, all three of them fighting these um, bad guys, I'm going to call them. They do focus, here's here's Kenneshaw killing this one guy into the next one. And then it's, the next page was Cash killing these guys. So it was, I really enjoyed that fight scene. I just looked through this whole comic. They don't say Wildcats once in any panel. But they have a whole page devoted to Explodey. Like, she explains Explodey like it's a good word. And then Grifter's like, come on. Like, really? And she's like, it is the best word. It is carefully judged. I just love that word. Yes. When I think of this book, you are uh, kind of shut to me. I think that I want to put on the back of my iPad. I want to put Explodey. Just because because that's how I would want to talk to you when you go, explode is like the best word. Really? That made me laugh too no. <laughs> when Cash was like, usually I can't understand what the hell you're saying, but now all of a sudden you're using a word like exploding. <laughs> that's what I'm laugh too. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, yeah, it was good. 
Would you, you give an eight? Yes. Okay. Concurred. <clears throat> you know what I uh, gave a better score to? Batman number 42, written by Tom King, art by Mikhail Hanin. Hanin. With, Hanin. with his colors. colors played by, I'm assuming, Jordy Belair. No. No. Somebody else. Chung. Chung. I don't know. I'll find it. Maybe Hanin works with somebody else sometimes. Because it's like a lot more grainy, realistic. I don't know. Jun Chung is color. Yeah, it's Jun. She usually does his colors. Oh, really? Yeah. I told these guys right when this, before I even opened the cover, that the way Hanin draws Superman, like where there's no like texture in his suit, like kind of like your old vintage Christopher Reeve like costume, looks great. I think any the way he draws all of these Justice League is great. Yeah. Like when I look at Flash, it doesn't look like he's got even any friction. He does look like he's frictionless when he's right. running. Um, I feel like I was I was kind of well, not necessarily right because it doesn't sound like Catwoman and Pam are actually friends. That they know of each other, but they were never. It doesn't sound like they're ever on uh, Gotham City Sirens. This book, this issue specific, I loved forty one. Forty one was the ten. Uh, this one was a little more crazy for me. Yeah, nuts, real quick. Yeah. Um, my favorite part about this is Superman, like, hovering, like, the entire issue. And, like, obviously, when we get to the end, we'll talk about it here in a second. But how he's just kind of, like, there as, like, an ominous threat. Like, it kind of gave me chills, like, in the sense of, like, how terrifying would that be? And I like how Batman calls him Superman the whole issue. He's like, but he doesn't call him Clark. Yeah. He says, Clark knows how to do this thing. Superman does not. Like, I like that. That was cool. I left out loud when Catwoman is in the car. And she goes, I can't believe you let us leave talking to Superman. Yeah. That was good. You get to see his face. Like, what you sure? The uh, internet is on fire about this issue because uh, a lot of them don't like it. Really? For multiple reasons. Lay it on me. They're mad that Catwoman is so powerful. Can take out two flashes. Three They're flashes. mad they think that um, it don't just cats feels have, have off great character. reaction time? But here's the thing. I actually really did like this. Well, they're not faster than light. Sorry, I ate some peanut butter. I'm not sure why. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure why. <laughs> I'm supposed to be talking. Um, smells good. Though. I feel like I like this issue a lot, but it, it, I can like I. Here's the thing. I like it a lot. Great. The art's great. The issue's Tom great. Tom King's not going to break Tom up with you. you tell him that it's not a great book. No, 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 no. It's not that. <laughs> I'm just saying that. Christianity will break up with you, though. Yes, you forgot. <laughs> Their words, the 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 vocal minority online that don't like this issue, will have to get over the fact sometime that Batman stories aren't always going to be the same. I feel like this is a very different Batman story, and I think it's good for that reason. Like you said, there's a lot of comedy. There's a lot of like uh, this. Like when we were talking about the forecast, I said the last issue. I think it felt like this was going to go in a generic place, even though I did like the last issue a lot. I felt like, oh, what's this going to be Poison Ivy taking over the world? What's that story going to be? We've seen that story a million times of her trying to take over the world. And then this issue was Catwoman and Batman trying to coexist in the world. Like, not really trying to stop her anyway, but being like, oh, I guess this is how it is. And they kind of talk. They're still talking about their wedding. It was like, I guess that Ivy is my maid of honor and my best man because she's obviously in control of the world. Like, everybody is her now. Efficient and you basically yeah. had to annoy the shit out of her. To get her like to snap out of like controlling everybody. I thought it was a very unique way to take this story and do it differently. And then we get a scene where Bruce is hanging from the thing and Superman punches him and kills him, but she brings him back. 
And that not that kind of cool too? Like the concept of it all. It's like Batman and Superman. How many times have they fought? And you're like, every Superman, time that it gets yeah. close to Superman killing him, like that's not going to happen. There's no way. And then this time you see Superman literally punch him as hard as he can. So it just proves the fact that Superman could always kill him in one punch, but he always holds back. Right. And the reason why I think she can beat those flashes is because all these people are controlled by Poison Ivy. Who doesn't know their max. Who doesn't know how to control these people. Doesn't know how to control them. Doesn't really know. Like she knows just to go fast with the flash. She doesn't actually know how to use the speed. And I think that she really doesn't really want to hurt him that much. She obviously killed Bruce on accident because she brought him back to life. She's like, oh, shit, I killed this guy. She didn't realize the strength <laughs> behind poop. Uh, poop. Uh, Superman's. Uh, <laughs> what the f- behind Superman's punch. I was going to say punch. She didn't know the strength poop behind that poop. It's behind Superman's punch. So she kills uh, Batman, which also the Hanin's art in that panel was great. His face. Um, I really liked it a lot, but I, I like, I certainly do see, I do see their viewpoint, but I'm saying, I don't, I don't think their viewpoint is valid. Like at some point you have to tell a different story. Like how many Batman stories are you going to have the same? I'm surprised there was as many complaints that you noticed a like uprising basically. Like I don't oh, think there buddy. was enough. It was go on crazy. Twitter, go on Twitter and search for that issue. <laughs> crazy. I, I, I actually really enjoyed it. I uh, feel the fear in this, like this book seems scary right now. Yeah. Knowing that. Pam has control of everybody other than Bruce and Selena. You know what the thing is, though? Go back and listen to our last week's episode with Mikey Compagini. Um, in the part where we talk about, like, he talked about when do you think that comics are just going to become stale? And I was like, you really need to. The thing is, is that comic book reader was like, hey, I want to I want something brand new. Like, I'm ready for an exciting new story. And then you try it like this issue is trying to do. And then they're like, hey, this isn't always how I've known then it. Then you get punished Catwoman's never been this powerful before. Uh, the Batman's usually not this jokey and all this stuff. And it's like, dude, but if you want a different story, it's got to be a different story. The only way they ever accept it, and I know now we're kind of talking about fans, uh, but the only way they ever accept it is if you do, like DC announced a new Black Label this week, where they're going to give the free reigns over to creators like Frank Miller, Brian Nazarello, and Greg Rucka, and uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick. And be like, do whatever you want with the story. There's no. Restri- they said they're not going to be involved. Like, re- tell them what they can do at all. No restrictions. Sweet. To do whatever they want, and people are going crazy, being like, "This is a great idea! I can't believe!" Like, uh, yes, give it the free reign to the storytellers is how it should be. But then when they try to in their main continuity, they go crazy, being like, "This is not my character! I can't believe you trying to change them." But change is evolution. These characters have to evolve. Otherwise, you're going to get the same. Like we were talking about the forecast, of what I assume would be. I don't know why at this point. I should know Tom. He's not going to do the the same thing. Uh, that poison ivy story we've heard a million times before. This is way different than the poison ivy. I've and then before. didn't they explain like like her reasoning behind the whole thing? Yeah, she wants peace in the world. Right. She thinks somebody got she can, hurt. If like she can did. control any everybody, she thinks that she can make sure that everybody's safe and loves. Who's each the other. kid? I thought there was a kid. No, though. Bruce goes to his house. That's where they're going in this issue. Oh, that's right. Because there's a kid that can't eat vegetables because it makes him sick. And she says that she controls everybody because they eat the vegetables. And then that's how she controls them with the vegetables. And she's like, he wasn't at his house, so you're obviously not controlling him. Where is he at? She's saying, Bruce is like, where is he? I know you can't control him because he doesn't eat vegetables, but he wasn't there at the house. And so that's where we're going now. She's trying to prove that, like, Yes, you want to. You're saying you want to save everybody. You want everybody to love each other. But this one kid who you cannot control, obviously, you did something with him. Where is he at? So yep. you're not making sure that everybody loves each other. You're not treating this kid the same. So like, it's a very, 
in three different fronts. It was a fun story, I thought. Uh, we give the Catwoman, Batwoman, or Catwoman, uh, Bruce, uh, wedding stuff still going on. And uh, Poison Ivy, nice tell. Be like, is she really good or is she still just being selfish, like for her own needs? And can you give it up to Tom King? If he establishes one thing out of this whole Bat mythos, fuck yeah, Bat Burger. Like, that place. <laughs> that, was, that was good. I mean, come well, on. Well, that's um, a take. Uh, isn't that in Kingdom Come? Yeah, it was in Kingdom Come. But I don't know if they really called it Bat Burger. I think he's making it his own thing, but. Um, uh, the one thing I didn't like is the fact, I think war, I don't know, war jokes and riddles was such a small thing. They make it seem like this epic thing that happened that like changed a lot of things. And remember how like they just like glossed over all these huge battles and they could have made it cross Oh, that's who she heavy. killed. She talked about she killed so many war jokes. Right. She, like she killed a lot of people. She said, cause Joker and Riddler made me go crazy. I was blah, afraid blah, blah. of them. And I saw those two pages and I was like, that took me out. I was like, ah, come on. Like that's, that's not why like you. It could be that just through your villainy over the years, you could have been like, okay, I've done a lot of bad. I want to try and do some good. Like, that would have just been easy enough. I for think me, it, what Alex was saying, they're kind of rewriting continuity way, being like, because um, you're right, she has been evil, evil in the past. Right. And now she's saying that's the only thing she's ever done that was evil. And she's kind of been good since then. And they didn't mention Gotham Sirens at all. Like, they didn't mention they were part of a team. No. Uh, but I think that's Tom King's way of being like, um, we're doing something different. So. I know, but I don't. I I didn't think War Jokes and Riddles was enough to create a staple off of me being like, oh yeah, that totally fucked her up. I as for villain wise, I never think Jokes and Riddles was that big of a deal, other right. than Kite Man and Bruce deciding I really was going to kill somebody. Right, couldn't do, wasn't able to finish the job. Um, and this is one of those books. Where if anybody's having a problem with Bruce dying, it, it lasted literally a panel. And I actually, I, I didn't even need the the science behind how she brought him back. She's in control of everything. Why wouldn't it make sense? Yeah, I I really did like it. Um, to go off what you were saying, Garrett, I don't, I didn't really like. I just class passed past that part. I didn't really yeah. think it was that big of a deal, right? I just, I didn't like. I didn't remember remember what she was referring to in joking riddles. I was just like, okay, I didn't. I, I just, just, I assumed that you killed somebody then. Yeah. yeah. Well, they all killed everybody. Give me a it, bad taste, man. It was a good nine. Yeah, I, I gave it a nine. Sure. 41 was a 10. The 42, I agree, 9. I just can't believe how much people hate it. Go online, but really? ignore that's crazy. Also. I, uh, I tell you what, I love Poison Ivy. Like, this is... It's great art. So, yeah. And the story is great, so... Yeah. So, next we have sadness, a fond farewell to our L.A. Bell. Or do we? Um, it's Hawkeye, number 16, written by Kelly Thompson, with art by Leonardo Romero, and colors by Jordi Belair. The conclusion, question mark, not really, of uh, up to this point, Kelly Thompson's run for Kate Bishop. Uh, we get the conclusion of the um, ongoing struggle with Eden, I think is her name, who can use people's blood to bring back people you love, uh, Madame Mask, and Kate's hunt for her mother. Uh, what do you guys think? It was good. I actually was expecting a little bit more of a end because I mean it, nothing really gets finished up. That's true. I think it would have been different if they hadn't told me that it was coming back. If they would have said this is the end, I would have been like, okay, so this is no like this is something you put in your story, but never gonna get any payoff. Maybe that. Maybe I guess even when it says the end question mark, it's like you could have left the question mark off. Let me think that this is the end. I mean, how Marvel is doing their thing. They did cancel this book, but I think there was so much fan outcry that they were like, okay, we need to bring this back. back. But it was too, like, 
too many things that happen yeah. in the line. They're like, okay, we have to wait till this time to bring it back now. I suppose. Or whatever next project it is. Um, you know, the comedy, great as ever. I thought the comedic beats in here was so good. Um, Romero's art, like just the contrast between mm-hmm. both Hawkeyes and the fighting, like the action scenes, Romero just gets down. And they work so cohesively together. Like that's that's the fun part. Like you get um, guy Hawkeye like slapping something away while Kate's like firing an arrow at the same time. Just like gosh, they're so fluid together. It's just fun. I had one of my favorite things that was in the Aha run is when they use um, special bu- special arrows. Is great when they even go. Uh, this is the glue arrow, or this is that something arrow, the smoke arrow. Um, who is it? Swordman that Clint fights. Yep. And Swordman is swings his sword down at Clint, goes to hit, slice him in half, and Clint has a, a arrow in his hand. Swordman asks, "Is that an adamantium bo- uh, arrow?" Yeah, it is. Well, I, you, see, you see, when he kicks him, his arrow goes in the air, and you don't see anything until boom, it hits the door. So that's kind of like cool how like he's got an exploding arrow, that adamantium arrow, and when it like in the background, content. it's flying, and then you see that it goes off, and then now we're dealing with Kate's situation. It's like that's so that's such good attention to detail. Yep. Uh, I think I'm with Garrett saying that I really didn't think this. Um, like if they didn't t- say that part of the end, the letter pages that she's like, oh, she'll be back in uh, August, right? August in some sort of forum. Then I would have been like, there's a lot of loose ends here. Like, yeah, I don't know where this is going. But since I know that eventually she'll be on a book with Kate involved, that I think we will get some answers to that. So I do feel like there are a lot of things in here that were kind of trying to wrap up certain things. But then they left some things open enough that she's going to continue the move story. On. Yeah. Cause I, like Garrett said, I think she like found out being like, oh, yeah, we're going to do this other book. She's like, oh, okay. And um, so she included kind of little nuggets to be like, oh, this is what the next book's going to be about. But I kind of wish there was a little bit more about her and her friends, like conclusion to that. But I assume maybe we'll get some of that, right. whatever the next book is. Um, but yeah, it was fun. It was a nice, like this issue really did feel like the whole series has felt. It was uh, good art, fun. There was a lot of stuff being like a lot of intrigue being like, oh, her mom's still alive. And then the part with, what's her name with the blue hair? The what? The lady with the blue hair. Eden. There was stuff with Eden about with her daughter and stuff like that. That was also serious with the comedy. Ooh, almost teared up reading that part. And that's what I mean. Like this, this was like the perfect example of what this book could do. And I really did feel like if it needed to not end but be put on a pause for a while, uh, this was the perfect issue to be like, hey, don't worry. This is a great issue for you to read right now, but we'll be back. And I think on that with August and whatnot, I think the only thing that was like crammed in here was the fact that Johnny's got like stone arms. That part I was like, is he supposed to be okay? Is sure. he supposed to be like Darwin? He may be because that's who he, that's who he seems to be from X Men First Class. Yeah, at least where I know him from is Darwin. So I was because he's she goes, oh, thank you for saving me with your stone hands. He goes, well, they're not exactly stone hands, and he's like, I'll tell you later. So I was like, oh, he must, so he must like adapt to whatever it is. Made in contact with Or maybe the, he's a uh, relative of, uh, uh, what's, uh, Zorbing Man? Is that his name? Yeah. So who knows? Where he touched the certain I don't know enough about that, about that world to figure out who he is. Or maybe it's already been announced and we just don't know about it. But I think the one thing for me is that Madame Mask has been in all the Hawkeye books. That there's never uh, an outcome. But I did like that at the end of this issue, you see... Uh, Kate's mom mm-hmm. 
and I loved how Kate's mom handles uh, Madame Mask. Uh, you get out of that clone of my daughter, or I will kill your. I will next person I tell it to will be your dead corpse. So, oh, I, like I did that. find it uh, kind of great that the whole series we've been seeing Kate's mom as the victim in all these situations as this helpless victim. And then you find out she is more powerful than Madame Mask and she's in charge of this all. So how's that going to affect Kate when she finds that out that her mom is not some helpless villain and she's alive first off, but then also she's trying to do something with Kate, kill Kate, capture Kate, do something with Kate. Like how much is that? Like there's a lot, like I said, there's a lot of stuff here where I'm like, I want to see where that goes. I'm glad that we will eventually. I'm glad that's Kelly Thompson. Uh, obviously it's going to be involved. I'm not sure if Leonardo Romero is going to be involved because he's going to be doing Captain America so. now. Oh, not Captain America. Yeah, so he can't be doing Captain because we just talked about that earlier, didn't we? Oh no, he's doing, he's doing the last, uh, he's doing the issues of Captain with Mark Wade before. But no, he oh, was. Okay, cool. Um, Did but, you guys notice this big Easter egg? When you do see her turn, she's wearing the necklace that was of huge importance earlier in this uh, series. And it turns out maybe Kate's dad is uh, okay. He saved them a couple times and then he took off. So now we have world reverse. We thought his dad was evil or her dad was evil. Turns out he's okay. And uh, turns out the mom's evil. So I love this. I do love this last panel where she explains what anchor points are like, you know, those things that we see and like the whole time she's like anchor points were what I started with, what brought me here what I was looking for, but now I found all new ones, ones worth sticking around for because who knows what's next. And I was like, that's a cool quote. Yeah, I like that panel. I just wish that was like a page. Right. Give it a whole something to bring. Not even just like that panel as a page, but like a whole page about the, the fan. What if the next book was called like Hawkeye Investigations and you got both Hawkeyes and this whole group of people. I told you I'm ready. I'm going to get a guess. Young Avengers. That's I'm going to guess. Hmm? No guesses. Uh, yeah, so we'll see. Either. Good book, though. I really like it. It's a nine. Give it a nine as good well. Good stuff. Agreed. Uh, maybe exci- like I said, good that we're getting more of it, and I would hope that everybody goes back in with our little break that we have here and catch up on the series, and then jump on board with it or this whatever. Cover on the pier looks so good. The covers have always been great. They're all Leonardo Romero's covers, or something else. Um, I think so. I think Romero's done them all. Coloring is different. Jordy Blair on colors. Oh, that Blair did that. Is that? Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, the letter page was really great, too. Uh, I love that page about Kelly, how she was like, she went to Marvel and was like, I want to write Hawkeye. And she didn't even think of the fact that she was following up Matt Fraction, David Haas run. Then uh, I guess there was different. Oh, no, show, that's a different color. It's a different cover artist. It's Julian Totino Tedesco. It's a good cover. Uh, Kelly Thompson, how she was like, I want to write Hawkeye. She was so excited to write Hawkeye that she didn't even think about the stuff that came in the past. And then when she, they were like, oh, okay. And like she pitched it to him and they were like, okay. Then she was like, oh, wait a second. I didn't realize that I had to basically follow up that great run. And how am I going to do it? And she said the the fan support and everybody's support about this book really did uh, touch her. And was like, I really do like that this book found an audience. And I, like you said, I believe Marvel saw that. And that's why we're getting more. They obviously did. They saw like they signed Kelly Thompson to an exclusive deal. And uh, she gets to tell the story. So, so good. To respond to Sergeant America from a couple months ago. They heard us <laughs> and they took notes. Uh, those are the books this week. We have Wildstorm number 12, The Skidding Falls number one, Oblivion Song number one. We have Hawkeye number 16, Captain America number 699, and Batman number 482. That memory is getting pretty good on you. Supercon 2018, Return of the Con, September 28th, 29th, and 30th. 
Tickets on sale at supercon.com. Alex, we're going to be there doing a show, aren't we? Yeah, we're going to be there on the 28th doing a uh, live show for everyone. What's it going to be called? Wednesday Comics After Dark. Dark. And not only us are going to be there, a lot of people are going to be there. Phil Hester, right, Gary? Yes, Phil Hester, the uh, current artist of Batman Beyond. Uh, he's done other projects like Shipwreck. Um, he's done some Swamp Thing that you may or may not have seen and uh, some Holland Files that came out recently. Not only Phil, Science Steve, Shea Fontana, Tony Fleece, uh, Travis Nye, Midwest, all for all doing a show the 28th. They'll be doing a show that night. That's the main attraction that night. Jill Thompson, Ryan Cody, John Allen, and more, Tom Wynn. Uh, gonna be at supercon.com. Make sure there's a lot going on that weekend. I would say, if I am gonna tell you any kind of advice, by that weekend pass, you won't regret it. You got map concert that night, also, you got Wednesday comics after dark, and then you got a whole weekend of uh, stuff to do, people to see. Supercon.com for more information. Well, we're gonna play a game today. Um, the game is gonna be called. Uh, tell me about that comic book. Uh, here's how it's going to work. Uh, Garrett and Alex are wearing headphones right now, but they're plugged into this board. We're going to unplug you from the board and plug you right into my phone and uh, blast some music in the air. If you're curious as a listener, because you won't hear it on the show, it's called Miley Cyrus, Part in the USA. Um, it's loud enough, and she says enough the whole song that they're not going to be able to hear. And what happens is, Garrett's going to listen to music really loud so you can't hear anything. Alex is going to be saying comic book phrases. It could be uh, names of characters. Uh, and then also there's a couple that are, I'll just tell you, there's only one in each column that is an author. The rest are just comic book characters. Uh, the first round is separated. They're either going to be Marvel or DC. I'll let you know when we start. And then the last round is a mix. Alex, for instance, will say, uh, let's see here, Wonder Woman. I don't think that was the choice. But, so Alex will say Wonder Woman. Garrett has the things blasting. He obviously can't hear. He's going to try to guess what read Alex is. Read his lips and guess what he's saying. <clears throat> the first two rounds, each one is so worth. You didn't say he's going to say phrases or he's going to say Wonder word. Woman. He's going to word out Wonder Woman. I, mean, I don't yeah. think it's like me saying a sentence. No, too. I think he literally words. just says Wonder Woman. Oh, you get to figure out what Wonder he's saying. Wonder Woman. Um, the first two rounds, each one is worth one point. There's five each. The last round is harder, I thought, at least. So the last round is worth three each, and there's five of them also. I will keep track. But since you guys are in a competition, but you are doing for each other, if I feel like you're uh, missing this up, I'm taking points away. So if you, I feel like you're intentionally not doing it good for him, points. Hey, Take I'll enunciate my words <laughs> if you enunciate your words. So uh, while Alex uh, downloads the Google Docs, you'll see there, obviously, there's three different rounds. The first round, that's the first one we'll start with. That's DC only. Alex, your first one. We'll start with you first. This, just hold this up when you're skipping because obviously he's not going to try to read your say skip. Oh, so I'll do one at a time. I got you. I got but you can always go back to try to get all five, but there's five total. And I have the whole three. You have three minutes and 22 seconds. That's the length of part in the USA. Mm-hmm. And uh, to try to get Alex to guess those. Uh, so Alex, when if he's, if he's going to skip and move on to the next one, he's going to hold up the blue notebook to let you know we're moving on, and he's going to try to cycle through until you get well, all five. So you don't have it downloaded? I'm working on it right now. Well, if I, I mean, what if I just honor code and I just like I'll back out? Why don't I give it to you after I? Yeah, try we can do it, that. And you back out and just put it in the out. Yeah, we'll do that. Man, I got Google Docs. 
Okay, log into the... If uh, I can log back into our stuff. That's, close it down. He's got it. Yeah, we got to figure Just it out. Just do it that way? Yeah. Okay. We're, I'll have it for next time. Next time we can plan this out we're better. We're biking around your slow ass. That hey, was the, I think it, that was the third thing I was going to tell you before the show. <laughs> I forgot. Go. Yeah, yeah, you did forget something, <clears throat> didn't you? Uh, so, first, like, there's five total. He's going to try to get you five. He's... But once again, I'm going first. I'm listening. You're first. going first. Okay. So I'm going to give me a while to do it in a second. Here. You have to say it out loud. You can't like mouth it back to me. Right? No. Yeah. Yeah. I talk. You're going. You're talking out loud to me. So that, yeah. I, yeah. Right. Uh, he's going to hold up a notebook when he's skipping, so you know that it's a new word. He will try to go through. If you if he skips one, he'll obviously go back to it until we get all five. The round ends when he either gets all five or the time's up. So. So when you skip, you're holding it, and if I. Can move. I go back even if I skip it though? Yeah. Okay. It means like I'm trying to do. Okay. You're moving on to the next thing, whether or not I get it or not. Well, I can speak, right? Yeah, go on. Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne. Doomsday. Doomsday. Mr. Freeze. Mr. Freeze. Batman. Batman? Nightwing. Say it again. Nightwing. Night. <laughs> I'm not even sure. It looks like Edward Nigma at first. Like Edward. Like I three minutes to say this. Night wing. Night wing. There you go. Five. Alex cool. got it in forty I'll seconds. Pass that to you, and then you switch it to Alex's. <laughs> I had no idea. I saw was. I saw the W. I thought. Oh, I don't know. Okay, Alex. Here we go. I give you. I give you. I just, uh, just wait a minute and just jam out to the song and then be like, yeah. oh, fucking paying attention. <coughs> Here, Alex, here's Garrett's. The, do the top one there. Garrett, your first one's Marvel. Top it's one? A, okay. Uh, let me switch out the music. Cover your face. No, wait. I got to see your face. Top one. Hang on. Marvin, that's not right. Top one's not. Do the list oh, of Marvel. Yeah, I, his first one's Marvel. Oh, I'm sorry. I heard wrong. <clears throat> All right. Marvel. Alex, start. Agents of Shield. No, she's she's not starting talking yet. Now, Agents of Shield. Yeah. <laughs> Donnie Cates. Donnie Cates. Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy. Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider. <laughs> Ghost Rider. <laughs> Nick Fury. Nick Fury. <laughs> Keep going. Nick Fury. Nick Fury. Nick Fury. Yes. <laughs> Marvin, you got to wait like 10 seconds before you start. Yeah, I just realized it, that. It does. Yeah. So I was like, why isn't it playing now? <laughs> well, then, then you're like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. You got to wait. I already know. <laughs> All right. I was like, bonus. Hey. There you go. Second round. <clears throat> I think you would have gotten it regardless. It's a fun game. Wait, let me look at his. Oh, fuck. Marvin. You... I didn't just turn it to the other list. Can you see it? <laughs> no, I only saw the Marvel ones. I literally just saw Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. again. Good. Oh, yeah. I clicked the wrong one. I forgot that it picks the most usual one. Goes right. I hate that one. It does. Uh, Marvel second round. Alex, yours is Marvel. <laughs> let me let me plug you into the music. Hold on a second. Here. Yep. Multiple man. Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> Edward Nigma. Would you get it? <laughs> yeah. Well, if I started saying DC characters, Marvel round. So mine's Marvel. Yeah. Marvel. 
All right, wait till 10 seconds. I'll let you know when 10 seconds is, and you can start here. We are at five seconds right now. Okay. There you go. Ready? Iron Man. Iron Man. Steve Rogers. Steve Rogers. Bruce Banner. Bruce Banner. Clint Barton. What? Shit. <laughs> His reaction was so quick. Clint Barton. Yeah. Clint Here we go. Barton. Is a good one. I don't want to say it too loud because I think you can hear me almost a little bit. Clint Barton. Wait, you're talking? Yeah, just you don't have to do that loud. It looked like Nicholas Sparks. <laughs> Clint Eastwood. Again. <laughs> Clint Barton. I'm going to do it again because I got time. Clint <laughs> Eastwood. That one. Go back. That's my fucking power, not you. Clint Eastwood. These last two suck. I got time. I got time. Clint Barton. Okay. Ant-Man. Ant-Man. Nick Spencer. Clint Barton. Clint Barton. <laughs> Fuck. Fuck. I can't skip it because it's the last one. Clint. We're a minute and a half in. Barton. Clint Barton. Yes. Oh, Fuck. I couldn't even say that one. There you oh, go. Okay. You switched. That it. was crazy. That was hard. I okay, wait, Clint a couple Barton times. Was hard. It's gonna be funny for the show. A fucking times a couple. I said Clint Eastwood. <laughs> <laughs> You're like what? You're gonna add that out. You should leave that in. Yeah, I'll leave it in. Uh, second one, all DC uh, gear. <laughs> Let me put you on the music here. I have no idea. Okay, <clears throat> it's gonna be like my new favorite song. I I was like, I'm gonna have this in my dreams tonight. Ooh, don't tell your wife that. Not because she's hot, just because that song's just gonna keep playing. <clears throat> all right. Uh, what tell you when ten seconds is? So far, the score is uh, ten to five. Go ahead. Superman. Superman. Reverse Flash. Reverse flash. Be quieter. You're talking too loud. Okay. Clark Kent. Clark Kent. Gotham City. Gotham <laughs> City. It's like Gotham sh- City. Okay. Booster Gold. Booster Gold. Cyrus Gold. No. <laughs> Booster. Oh. Gold. Booster gold. Yeah. There you go. I'm pretty sure they, they're going to hear on the, on the show uh, Miley Cyrus will enjoy that while you're at it. Huh? I think it's loud enough that the mic's picking it up. I, oh, think yeah. the, I think the thing is that I can't hear me talk. Right. Other than me yelling at you. Right. That's why I was saying, like, don't talk too loud. Like, just say it. Yeah. Otherwise, it'll be too <clears throat> Just talk to you. So whatever right. that second one was, I heard you 10 say to 10, so the last round, I think, is harder, hopefully. Reverse flash. Uh, once again, like Garrett said. Was that one? Reverse flash. That was what, did I say that? Yeah, yeah. I said reverse flash. You got it. Because that's the one that yelled at you. Oh. This music is disorienting. I know. <laughs> fuck. I uh, remember saying reverse flash. Clint Barton. Clint Eastwood. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like Eric said, maybe use a lower tone. Right. I'll say we don't got <clears throat> noise. If we had noise canceling headphones. Right. Actually, my Bluetooth are, but I don't know what you guys think of that. Is Easy now. Just don't be fucking loud. Yeah. Um, Keep it down. This is the last round. Like I said, three points each. So we'll see how you do it. I don't even care if I lose this one. At this point, I'm just like... This is just fun to do. Fun. Yeah, it's interesting. Are they going to be Can hard? Can you tell them the category? Or is this mixed? It's mixed. Okay. Does that include image? 
This is a mix. No, it's still Marvel and DC. Just DC Marvel. It's Marvel DC. I didn't want. Obviously, when we play this game more, I'll include more stuff. But this is just Marvel and DC. I'm excited to play this one. Uh, <laughs> it's mixed once again. Remember the volume low. Uh, three points each. Wait. Uh, five questions. Right? Are you saying five still? Sweet chariot. Remember the skip option if you don't want to waste time. But once again, this song is pretty loud. We're partying in the USA with Miley Cyrus. You can go. T'Challa. Thanos. Thanos. John Stewart. John Stewart. John Stewart. Looks like Josh Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> skipping. At, he's skipping. Power Ring. Power Ring. can't fucking say it. Brian Michael Bandis. (laughs) 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 Anal beans. (laughs) (laughs) You can just see Garrett Mouth and Alex be like, I don't know what the fuck that is. Brian Michael Bandis. It looks like Brad motherfucking. (laughs) John Stewart. John. John Stewart. John Stewart. Yes. Brian Michael Bendis. You gotta slow that fucking word down. <laughs> Brian Michael. Brett Booth. Brian Michael Bendis. Holy fuck. Brian. Brett. <laughs> Brent. <laughs> Brian. Brett. <laughs> Minute and a half left. Brian. Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Brian. Michael. Bendis. Brian. Brian. <laughs> no, I'm not getting this one. <laughs> this. Brian. Better bread. <laughs> Brian. Brett. Michael Bendis. <laughs> Brian. 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 <laughs> Brian. Michael Bendis. Brian Hitch. <laughs> Can I do charades? Brian came on. Brian. Michael. 40 seconds. Bendis. I knew fuck it. <laughs> Michael. Mike. Mike. Brian. Brad. 20 okay. seconds left. This guy's fucking. I don't think we get this one. Brian. Do you want to forfeit? You can forfeit. No, we're good. 20 seconds. Brian, Might as well use a 10 Michael next 15 Bendis. seconds. Brian Michael Bendis. Brian. Michael. Bendis. Bendis. Nope. Bendis. Five. Brian. Three. Brian Michael One, Bendis. One, over. Oh, of course I would never get Brian Michael Bendis. <laughs> Fuck, that was hard. Uh, oh. There you go. Alex, uh, you did not Shit. get the full points on that round. You right. are at 22 points. There yeah, the go. one that hung you up the most, besides that, was John Stewart. Eventually, you got that. <clears throat> Something about Stewart was hard to read. Then I, figured, oh, I was like, okay, I got this. Last one, mix also. 
10 seconds, I'll let you know when. This is uh, this is her uh, warming up, obviously. Simon Baz. Simon Baz. <laughs> Owa. Owa. Blade. Blade. Blink? <laughs> no. Blade. Pink. Blade. Blade. Moon Knight. Moon Knight. Boon. <laughs> no. Is this a fucking pirate? <laughs> Aim. Aim. Enigma. No. Aim. Endgame. <laughs> Amami. <laughs> Aim. Something something ape. <laughs> no. Aim. Aim. Yeah, that's it. Moon night. Moon. Moon night. Moon night. All right. That's it. So there's one called aim. Just aim. aim. Yeah. A game. Oh, okay. Advanced <clears throat> ideas. Is that what it's called? Advanced idea mechanics. Uh, that is, uh, what did I call it? <laughs> Put me fucking back in. I don't know. Oh yeah, I'll we'll you back in. Uh, Garrett, you won twenty-five to twenty-two. Ooh, Obviously, close. Barry Michael Bennett's fucking things up. Like yeah. usual. Did you guys? What do you guys think about that two-page spread you saw in uh, Batman, where it says Bendis is coming? Is that like too much hype? Kind of. To me, it doesn't make me excited. It's just like, I'm going to get I li- it. I like but how the second page, you just see a billow of escape, and then it's just a white page. I'm like, all right. I'm more excited to read the Tom King Superman thing, but... I haven't read it yet. I need. I read it. It's really great. It's really good. I was surprised. I was like, mm, why isn't Tom King writing Superman? Yeah. Uh, that game went faster than I was expecting. It did. I, I enjoyed it was that. Fun. So. I really, what did you give it a name? I did at the beginning of the show, but I forgot what it was called. I like when you called it Mixed. I was like, Mixed is kind of cool. It's a good one. Uh, that's the game for this week. Uh, refer back to the beginning of the game when I did call it something. I will refer back to that and remember what that was called. Bananagrams. Uh, also, let us know when the Wednesday comic 605 at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of those Marvel number ones. Which one are you going to try out? Which one are you going to pick? On Twitter at Wednesday Comics, at Alex Pastrello, at Garot2188, at Marvin underscore Saguero, or at Pastrami News. Let us know what you think of that DC Black Label. You can try that out, see how it goes. Um, not, we'll maybe talk about that sometime when it gets closer to those. But Facebook.com slash Wednesday Comics Podcast. You can go there, like the page, get us up to 100 likes. We're almost close. Go ahead and do it. YouTube.com and search Wednesday Comics. You can see the gauntlet on there. You can see Catching Up with Garrett. You can get the audio forms of this show and the forecast if that's the way you want to gain your audio. I know if you got YouTube Red, you can listen to audio, so go ahead and do that if you want to. You can download the show and uh, if you have that service and take us on the go. 605-215-1849. That is the voicemail. Give us a ring. Let us know what you think of the comic books you read for last week. Let us know uh, what you think of upcoming comic books. Which one are you excited for? Let us know. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and Spotify. Make sure you subscribe to the show through your friends about Wednesday Comics. And make sure if you um, 
enjoy the show, leave us a review. Let people know about us. It's the greatest way to make sure more Wednesday comics keeps coming out. If there's more people involved, there's more stuff to do. Uh, we have book club, right, Alex? We sure do. Wednesday Comics proudly presents the... Ah, dang, I always screw this up. Wednesday Comics Leave Extraordinary Gentle People proudly presents... Day Tripper, written by Fabio Moon and Gabriel Ba. You are correct, sir. Boom. Rocket. Boom. Yeah, a little nervous. It is. Make sure you give us your voicemails, Twitter, or tweets, uh, Facebook messages, and emails before the uh, first Wednesday in April, I believe that is. Oh, probably change the calendar. Uh, fourth is that Wednesday. Fifth so is when we're doing this. By show. the fourth, we need it because we're recording the show that Thursday, and we will include you in our show if you'd like to talk about it. Day Tripper is a great book. I would recommend you read it and let us know what you think about it. I think actually we got a uh, wrong response already. So. Uh, Supercon 2018, Return of the Con, is September 28th, 29th, and 30th. Go to Comic Genie. You can see his art there if you missed him yesterday. And make sure to go to supercon.com for more information. Buy your weekend tickets. They are available right now. Make sure you get them before it is too late. Uh, we're going to be there on the 28th in the live show, and you won't want to miss it. RootsOfTheSwampThing.com. Make sure to go there for all things Swamp Thing, and uh, you can go there and read a review of the Swamp Thing Winter Special, and actually that's a great episode of this show, so go back a couple episodes and listen to us there. Uh, Wednesday Comics, we uh, brought you some games today, some reviews. We talked for a long time, Marvel number ones, in a way that I thought actually was uh, not... Only we weren't slamming the idea of rebooting. We were talking about the books individually, what we thought of them, how they created teams, and the hypes for them. Uh, I think we're actually into some of the books and yeah. some of the teams. So it'll be good when that comes out. A lot of good things happen in comics these days. What's happening in your life? Let me know. <laughs> I just want to point out that yeah. I'm going to be going to Sin City. Um, so I'm going to go hang out in the Feasto in his club, check in with Doctor Strange, and uh, we'll see what's going on. You know, and I'm going to deal myself in, see what happens, and. Maybe I get a hold cap shield or Thor's hammer. You might see a video come up. I don't know. Follow if Garrett. Mephisto lets me out of the casino. Follow you Garrett. know, when Mephisto gets your um, soul, we'll have to bring your brother in to, to try to replace you, but it won't be the same. Follow sorry, Garrett the show will fail. on social media <laughs> so you can catch him in his endeavors and adventures. Um, he's not, not unlike the kids in the Goonies. He's always on an adventure and he might die. For Wednesday, Goonies never say die, though. Oh, yeah, that's true. But they do. <laughs> Uh, for Wednesday Comics, I've been Marvin. I've been Alex. And I'm Garrett. Hey, everyone. You turn those pages.